Uh, we'll get one soon, though. You well, you'll hear this on if you're on the Why So Serious feed, you'll hear this. So yeah, we threw out some good. Na- we we have some names brewing. We got some names, um, but we don't got one yet. So yet. y'all still listening? But uh, yeah, we are back for a Secession season three finale. Uh, wow. And we got a guest. We got my man Rich Fan from the PW Torch. What's going on, Rich? Not much. Thank y'all for having me on. I, I was definitely. I, I, my first question was going to be, who is going to be the person that actually takes that beat and samples it for yeah, a yes, quality? I, I was going to ask you, did you like the remix? I like it. I like. I was like, I, I listen. That song lives rent free in my head. I could be at a red light, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I could just feel my fingers like tapping it. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the int- the theme that changed my life is Curb for whatever reason. Like, I, I, like that's my happy song. So I get it. Like, HBO just knows. See, Chanel, I heard you talking about, uh, or was heard by heard, I mean, I saw on Twitter you talking about yeah. after season five, episode 10, it changed everything. Listen. You know what's funny for me? JB Smooth has a podcast called um, uh, May I Elaborate? Yes, and I listen to it. it every day. And Brandon, yes. you must have recommended it because I was I like, hey, oh, I, okay, I got yeah, Last up. time we recorded the deep dive, I told you about Yes. It. I've been listening to it ever since. It's him talking about daily affirmations and giving you extra. Oh, he's amazing. So he also like, wrote a book in character as Leon. He's oh, amazing. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up, Rich. Because, and as you know, this is Chanel and Brandon, your co host, but because. We, me and Brandon talked before about, hey, let's do a check-in of the HBO shows because I know on Brandon's other show, Why So Serious, they're recapping Insecure. And Brandon doesn't think we could recap Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I thought this was a great episode this week. I, I mean, this was Richard Lewis. No, we're, we're two behind, but I'm so happy, so happy to see Richard Lewis. And I just wanted to bring that up. Um, and I think the woman who pl- is playing Irma Kostrowski, she's going to get an Emmy because it's the way that this lady is so disgusting. I had to go look her up to be like, what is this lady like in real life? Tracy Ullman. Yes. Absolute legend. I mean, and, like she started the Simpsons, like without the Tracy Ullman show, we wouldn't yes. have the Simpsons. They were the little interludes. Yes. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I love her so much. She's beyond. So, I, but that's how great she is. And I'm like, this lady feels like they picked her up off the street and said, "Do you want to play? Like, come be in the show because she's that good as Tracy." So, would you just Brandon try for me a little bit? What did you think about the last episode? Besides, it was great. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I, I love Larry's facial expressions. He, I he think he really has the best in the game. But I mean. You know, I've been on this curb thing for 20 years almost now. So, yeah. like, I was watching it live since season two, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's just, you know, <laughs> another great episode of <laughs> curb. That's why I don't know how I can review it. I feel like the review would be like three minutes. It'd be like a three minute podcast. I think what he could, what if we did go deeper into it, we could talk about like, has a blank ever happened to you and share our own stories? Cause I think I love how real everything happens, it feels. And then also, I really think we could just recap the scenes between Larry and JB because when this nigga said, <laughs> When she, when she said, what do you think about little women? And this nigga said, you put, that, you put them on one one of them. You know, they call them little people, but you put them one after that. What? Are you caught up on Curb Rich? Of course. Oh, okay. I don't, listen, in that chat we had going, I was like, listen, I cannot get enough of yeah. this season. 
because yeah. they lean into so many things. Like, I think Chanel's right. I think y'all could do a good job because this season is the season where Larry is handling things that most comedians say, like, oh, the world's too correct. You get canceled. He's handling <laughs> literally everything about cancel culture without being a white guy about it. Yes. Yeah. Like, he is he's absolutely good. leaning into it. Like, when he had the heavy set dude on the roof, he's like, what am I supposed <laughs> to say? That's no, bruh. When he okay, last day when he was in the people house, why was he doing all that? He was was flossing in the I'm like, okay, Larry, you went too far. Like, he wouldn't leave. Like, when they're like, it's got an hour, he's like, well, if I drive back, is it? I was like, that's not their problem, bro. You were the one that's wrong. He said, I'll be a guest, no host. You just let I'll be a guest. That's so good. I was, I just. I started rewatching and I didn't realize I had missed seasons. And so the reason why I talked about season five, episode 10 is because that's the episode where spoiler alert, he thinks he's adopted and fucking (laughs) Mackay Pfeiffer sends him to the wrong family. And he's Christian for an episode. And this, they took this nigga to church. and He was in church singing the hymns with all his heart. And I was just like, he is the funniest this is so, because like you said, he talks about like this conflict, I guess you could say, between Jews and Gentiles in the most hilarious ways. Like, love it. So that that's our that's our curb corner. But that shit is, it, it brings me so much yeah, pleasure. Yeah, be right. But he also is a always prick. right. So yep. they, I love how they balance him being right, but also why you hate that, why you would hate that person. Absolutely. Because he just says things you don't need to say sometimes. Um, but yeah, they're goaded. I, w- I mean, that would be a dream job where like improvising with those people. Um, okay. Sorry, because I would really talk about Curb all day. We are here for another show. Yeah. So before we get into the season finale succession, uh, Rich, were you did you were you did you get a chance to read um his um profile in the New Yorker, Jeremy Strong? Oh yeah, I, I watched it and then uh actually when this comes out, I'm actually, I'm gonna share it with Wade to throw out there from the torch because he and I have been talking weekly about succession on uh, everything on the VIP side. Yep. And so when I mentioned I was doing this podcast with you guys, he's like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta share this with the people. And so, yeah, we talked about Jeremy strong, like Jeremy strong, two things. One, I mentioned this to Chanel, anyone that started their career as an actor understudy to Daniel day Lewis, that's all I needed to see. <laughs> Cause that dude started wild. Like anytime, like Chanel, if you get a chance, if you took Jeremy Strong's profile in New Yorker and you multiply it by like 20, that's Daniel day Lewis. Like that is him. When people are like, he's on set. Oh, we're doing gangs in New York. It's supposed to be early 19th century. This dude's eating mutton. Like three yeah. days. Now, now that you told me who he was, it's clicking for sure. Yeah. Daniel day Lewis is a madman. I heard. <laughs> so, so imagine him being a mid madman and Jeremy Strong, who's already a wild man in college. This dude almost bankrupted his college. <laughs> like, I just need to see this dude. I just need to meet him. Let's just get, let's get, uh, was it Pacino or De Niro? Pacino. Now, Pacino yeah. needs to be ashamed because he didn't need to do all that just to go to dinner and talk about nothing. He knows I mean, he did are you a gonna lot. say no if someone offers it? I'm not. Yeah. No, but you don't have to make your writer ridiculous. I Listen, I can tell you, Chanel, from working at a university, the riders for folks, when they get there and you look at how much you're paying for them, whew. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I see you on TV every day, bro. It ain't got to be like this. So side note, I have a quick story. When I was in college, I founded the first ever comedy appreciation club on campus. So 
big, you know, big stuff. And it's so funny because nobody gave a fuck. Like nobody cared. And I was like, I just want to watch stand up. And people were like, girl, what? So um, we, cause I went to women's college, by the way. So we um, get, did our first show and I was really passionate. It was right before Gambino popped and I was trying to get Donald Glover to come do comedy. He was astronomical in terms of price. So we got Hannibal to come to campus. He was our first black oh. comedian we ever brought. And he um, brought Don Lemon, not Don Lemon, Damien Lemon, oh my God, who is also hilarious. And um, the point of the story is that his writer was like soda and yogurt or something. And we had it in the room, like, do you want to? He was like, nah, I just want to make sure you have something in case. Like, he's just like, he just likes to have a writer just to give a writer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so that's what I think of when you talk about writers. But he was very, very, very reasonable. So looking at Pacino is just, is still out of control. Yeah, like that whole thing that I read that whole piece about like but he seems like that type of person when you when you watch it though like he, sure. he seems like that yeah he doesn't give off like great grandpa vibes when he's not on set but anyway I thought about the profile okay what I thought was most interesting about the profile besides Kieran Culkin's whole thing where basically he hates him <laughs> I think that is one thing that's hilarious. Kieran's like, it's not necessary, his methods. Like, we can all hang out, bro. It's not that deep. That was one. Two was this understanding of casting and how so many people almost got cast as so-and-so. Like, that Jeremy was almost um, Gre- uh, almost Greg or almost... No, almost Roman. He was almost Roman. And, Rome- and then I read somewhere else that Roman was almost Greg, which is out of control because the casting is so perfect as is. And then the third thing to me was the reaction in Hollywood putting out messages in support of Jeremy Strong, which was so funny because I'm like, nobody was... We were we all are in on the joke. We all love him. Like nobody was mad, but then Hollywood was like, "We promise he's not a diva," and we're like, "It's okay. It's fine. We were, it's all in good fun." <laughs> we appreciate the art because yeah. I watched this episode and I said, "I don't care what he does on set. If I'm getting this, if Listen. I'm a director and I get this, yeah, uh, I'm good." You like deal with it, but yeah, he. I would definitely highly recommend anyone to read that and then go read somebody. Uh, Jessica Chastain posted Aaron Sorkin isn't on Twitter, so I posted this open letter from him, and then somebody I saw somebody in my timeline find a random tweet from Hulk Hogan. It was like <laughs> Hulk Hogan isn't on Twitter, so he asked me to put. And it's just like you jabronis come meet me downstairs. So uh, Twitter gets it. I just think Hollywood doesn't. So that was my take on the on the profile because I was in love with this controversy. Well, Kieran Culkin walked in it too, because I, listen, I, I mentioned the way and I'll mention to y'all. The funniest thing to me is Kieran Culkin talking about how he's like, Hey bro, like yeah. we can't even practice together. Yeah. Like, I got to feel it. I'm going to show up. And so yeah. that changes fundamentally every interaction I see of them. Like I'm well, now that the season's over, I'm going to go back and rewatch from season one For just sure. to see how this dude interpreted this guy every single time with no practice. Yeah. That makes his reaction so much more like what's your problem. Roman has been so separate. Like Roman has felt like the outcast in how they want. Well, all of them are in their own way outcast, which is crazy. When you look back on the artistry of this arc of the three seasons, but Roman Mm -hmm. is so on his own in a way that I never thought about what relationship do they have to each other. So now you're right. Like I look on it and I'm like, Ooh, like what does this moment mean when he like, doesn't really want to deal with his feelings? Like there's something very real about that, which is crazy because it proves Jeremy's point 
which is if if our whole thing is we're not on the same page, we can't hang out and get beers after set. It'll show mm-hmm. in the thing, you know. So it's kind of like is a method it proves the method to his madness. So yeah, but I yeah. like Brian Cox's line where he says, oh, yeah. it's, "Yes, it's, it's it's called acting." Why yeah. would you try acting? <laughs> <laughs> great. That is you can tell way. he's a great guy. Brian Cox is like, yo, I'm, I'm just kidding. Like, it's he's not, not full on Jared Leto though. Jeremy Strong, he does. He's not like, no, yeah. he's not sending dead rabbits or something <laughs> stupid. Okay, I don't but I do like know. Brian Cox though because Cox, think about, it, he goes from Logan Roy, yeah, to the the Captain and Super Troopers. Mm-hmm. to Creed and the X-Men movie. Like, he has so many different ways. And that's why he's like, it's acting. You Americans are so weird. Like, why do you make it weird? But I do think there's something about that, though, because we are weird. One is, and I don't think we've even as a country admitted as how weird we are. Mm-hmm. And two, like a, like British actors, like, learn from the outside in or something that's been, that's the way mm-hmm. it's been described to me. And so they really look at it as an art in a different way where we look at it as, like, you're different if you're an artist. Like, you're, like, mm-hmm. over here and regular working people are over there. So I think there's something to be said about how um, how our culture makes artists have to feel like they can't be normal. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that, Chanel, because to that point, one of my buddies, Will Coolen over at the Torch is over in Wolverhampton. And he talked about like, there's even a divide that us as Americans don't realize between the British actors, because a guy like mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch is more in line with, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of Kate or Rooney Mara, where he mm-hmm. has family that are independently wealthy and mm-hmm. they are like former. No, a, a Tony Goldwyn. Tony Goldwyn is a good one. Oh yeah. Tony. Go- yeah. Where, where like there is nothing to lose for him. So he is in that group of the British folks who are like, we are actors. Yes. Capital A. <laughs> mm-hmm. As opposed to the folks who are more like the street style. Like I thought about the gentleman because Jeremy Strong's in that. I don't know if you two saw that movie. Mm. Oh, my! It, listen, if you love Jeremy Strong, the gentleman, he plays a, uh, uh, an American dilettante that's a mobster selling weed. And he's trying to buy um, Matthew McConaughey's weed business, who was American, who went on road scholarship to England, figured out it was easier to hustle than it was to stay in school and became like basically the weed wow. guy before everything got legal. And so it's a Guy Ritchie movie. So all this stuff starts happening and he has so many lines. And now that I think about that article in the New Yorker, it makes me think that that dude was saying some wild stuff on set and Matthew McConaughey was too high. He was like, Hey man, you do, (laughs) you do you, I do me. It's all good. All right. All right. Yeah. I, um, I'm definitely going to have to go back and reappreciate everyone's just, um, filmography. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, first of all, I didn't even process that Matthew McFadden was fucking Mr. Darby. So like I'm already just mm-hmm. I, I have to see them in their succession bubble and then like see go back and see them separately cuz yeah, just that just speaks to how good the casting was. Like when I saw um Nick Braun in fucking Zola and I'm like mm-hmm. he was great in that too. Like that obviously wasn't as transformative of a role, but he plays these supporting roles so well and I'm just like wow, like anyway Loved it. I saw Matthew McFadden randomly on a Saturday in Pride and Prejudice oh. on TV. And I was like, wait, why is he all dressed up? Is this right. an episode of Succession I missed? And then right. he was like full regular accent. I was like, oh, 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 he's mm-hmm. he's 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 in it right now. He's British, British. Yeah, he's definitely in it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that there are... I, 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 
Brandon has said on Twitter that we will look back and think that this is an amazing, like one of the classic American shows. And he is correct. This show is mm-hmm. gonna is goaded. It's it's like it's already cemented. And I, I will end this this profile piece by saying, Brandon, we should reconsider going back to the beginning because I now really want to do it. I don't I don't I'll I'll talk to you about it. I don't know how to do okay. it. Okay. I mean we could be a spoiler podcast. It. I don't care. But well, the, ooh, I have an idea for you, Brandon, on how y'all okay. can do it, and it might even help lead into your name. What I would say is pick a character each week or a character arc and go through each like each episode, either in a season or a series of seasons that kind of talk about how they got to this point. Now that the season's over in season three, because if you yes. did it just on Tom, you can go from season one to <laughs> yes. three and just start picking stuff apart. Like Tom as a victim, Tom as a bully, Tom as a historian, because Tom, I was, I was telling Wade this and I'll tell you all the same thing. Tom has always gotten me because as a, a political science and history major, he would say stuff. And I'm like, OK, he's just being pretentious, like B.A. in history yeah. or B.A. in political science. Dude. But mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. By the time we get to this episode, oh, he's living what he's talking about. That well, makes it even scarier. And the fact that you just took it all is so random is mm-hmm. how, that's why the show is so good because you're like oh a little random thing like oh they're just talking it like of course these rich people just are obsessed about things and then for them to show you like hey bitch we constructed season one two and three to play together very well is just mm-hmm. like that's why it's a masterpiece because they had the vision that um other other shows just don't have the 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 i don't know what to be able to have that type of vision and plan stuff to plant easter eggs in season one like that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I'm so excited That's for this episode. Fair. All right. So let's get into the season finale. What was the name of it? I don't remember. Uh, Ciao. Uh, All the bells say was the name of mm-hmm. it. All the bells say. I'm tired of these random. Like these aren't even quotes in the show. So like, apparently, I read that the season finale of season one and the season finale of season two and the season finale of season three, the names are a poem. Some, mm-hmm. some poem. Oh. Okay, never mind. Thank you. So it does. It it is. It's not random, but it's just random for people who don't know. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That this is definitely if you know, you know. Show. So yeah, it's from just to give you uh, the American Academy of Poets. All the bells say too late. This is not for tears thinking, but never did Harry as he thought he did end anyone and hacks her body up and hide the pieces when they where they may be found. He knows he went over everyone and nobody's missing. That's the poem it's from? That's the poem. Oh. So he hacked him up. Like, I mean, that, that, if, if, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, man. I gotta go back and rewatch this whole show from the beginning. Okay, let's get into it. I watched this episode mm-hmm. three times in two days. It was just so great for me. I, I couldn't get back through it twice. It was too much. It was just so good to me. I was just like, I gotta watch this. Just because <laughs> the thing about this episode before we get into it is that, they they gave everyone a chance to act like to to do mm-hmm. like to have a have a shine even connor got his this this episode we so we got to talk about connor one we got to talk about connor so i i i loved it i i freak, i freaking loved it okay so this episode uh kicked off with logan and iverson and so last week, you know, mm-hmm. the whole talk of the mm-hmm. thing was, is Kendall dead? Is Kendall dead? And the show was like, hey, guys, we're not like, 
you sometimes you got to know what show you're watching. Like you got to know what show you're watching. And this show was like, oh no, we're gonna tell you right here in 40 seconds. He's not dead. And Logan's reading this book, children's book to Iverson. And I was thinking, is Iverson a little old for this book? Like, I was literally thinking the same thing Logan was. So I felt bad. Um, and then he's like, are you all right, son? And uh, he's like, you know, your dad's all right. And I was like, there we go. 40 seconds in. Well, right before that, I'm like, oh, wow. Kendall must be dead because he finally talking to his grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that, like, look at Logan being, like, an actual grandfather for, like, 25 seconds. I was like, that's the only way. And then uh, he's like, and then Logan, then, Car- he come, then he gets upset. And he's like, Carrie, get me a book with some action. <laughs> and she goes and runs the guest, find him a book. And then uh, then Logan gets a call and screams at Jerry because, you know, something's, something's popping Yeah, up. something's brewing. And then... Uh, they cut to the Roy siblings uh, with um, Willa. They're all playing Monopoly. And I was like, there's something really meta about rich yeah. people playing oh, Monopoly. 100%. And I know, okay. like, but Monty Jones always says, like, you shouldn't trust people who, lo- who Monopoly is their favorite board game. Those are people you shouldn't trust. And then I'm watching these rich people play Monopoly. And then cheating in Monopoly is just so much. It's just something really mm-hmm. on the nose there. Yeah. So the... um. I mean, Monopoly is such an interesting game. One, because of Monopoly, people must be bazillionaires. Two, because in Black families, as far as I know, Monopoly can lead to feuds. You know, Monopoly can, can start problems. Monopoly is an all-night kind of game. So for them, to, so you're right, like, just to see them play Monopoly so detachedly, like, where Shiv is literally just taking $100 out the pot, and she goes, ha-ha, that's, what, that's how you play. Like, those are things that would get you into a fight in another household. And I just think that, yeah, like, there's a metaphor there that I feel like is even too deep for me to process. Um, but, yeah, there it is, it is like, chilling to watch them That's play. a good point. See, but, like, that would not fly... At like a at a family reunion, like if everyone's playing at like my family reunion, that would not go the way that that person can never sit at the table again. <laughs> See, I got a question for both of y'all. Out of the Roy family, who would be the best at playing spades? Probably Shiv, because I feel like Shiv dated a black person before. Okay, I'm disgusted. Go ahead. See, I think Shiv's gonna have a meltdown. She couldn't take the across the table chatter. We already seen she she don't she she couldn't. I see Shiv coming with the family member and me being like, "Don't bring her to no more things." She is really she's trying to be cool, <laughs> and I don't want to talk to her. No, I see. Um, I feel like I can see. <laughs> I see Greg hanging out with his black friend from his white frat in the college, and mm-hmm. just being like, "Is I um is just quick question? Is the ace low or high?" Like I just see him be like, "Okay, thanks so much. I didn't. I wasn't. I, I didn't like read Greg the rule book before I came." I feel like he'd be so terrible no. at spades. That's what I'm saying. He Greg. would be like, he'd be asking to, "Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I, are there rules? Is there a booklet? I can like." He'd be ruining it, but so funny to watch. I think Greg would be the uh, uh, the white alpha on his campus. Okay, <laughs> we got to We got to. <laughs> That would be amazing, actually. Now I think about it, that would be like, amazing. I just, I just want to let you guys know, 1906, uh, <laughs> it's important date in our lives. <laughs> and on my line, they call me uh, Great White Shark. Oh my God, that's not. <laughs> that would be not so breathless. That's a lit. Um, okay, 
Wow, I do want to do Rich's idea now, Brandon, and I want to create a fanfic episode where Greg goes to HBCU <laughs> because Logan rejected him. I just, oh, God, okay. So, yeah, so, so they're playing Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, so then they start doing the awkward sex talk about Roman, and that's still so awkward to me that, like, they just talk, like, Shiv and Roman just talk about that so much. Well, Shiv, Shiv makes it seem like he's so gross, but I'm like, Shiv, you're, like, besides when he said that stuff in front of Tom, she's very invested. Like, she doesn't really freak out about no, it. Like, she's in. Yeah, she's into that. So, Connor asks, uh, <laughs> Connor asks Willa if she wants to go for a walk. <laughs> Willa's like, nah. And Roman's like, just marry him. He probably only has 10 years left. <laughs> And uh, Tom, Tom had to get up because they were doing a Forbes piece about him, about why ATN is doing so well. And, and Shiv was like, oh, I got the answer by turning on the bigot spigot <laughs> to full gush, to full gush. And I was like, the thing about Shiv is like, she's like aware of like how terrible ATN is and stuff, but she's like... <laughs> Living so, off the profit from it? Yeah, it's like she's so part of it. Like she tries to act like she's not part of it when she's like literally fighting to be in charge of it. And she, So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And she tells herself, I think the character tells herself that if I was going to be in charge, I would turn ATN into the liberal ATN and I would support Democrats and do this. And I'm like, I don't know, Shiv. I don't know if you would actually do that. So... My thought, and and Rich, we haven't obviously released a previous episode, so I want to tell you my stance on Shiv. And I think that she has been so emphatic about this idea that she's elevated over her siblings, and she's not. And that is is a realization for me, that she's just as bad in different ways. And also, I, I think the least qualified, and I feel like Twitter agrees. But anyway, so yeah, for her to say that to Tom, I think, first of all, this is, this to me pointed, like, turned on my silent assassin alarms because Tom is getting profiled while y'all are going through all this nonsense. Tom is out here doing his thing, working his way up the rank. I'm like, y'all not paying enough attention to Tom and the fact that he's like keeping the thing running while y'all are doing all this other stuff and still in the inner circle. So that was one. Um, He was very humble about it, which I thought was a great Tom move. And then secondly, yeah, like she keeps, she's the worst to me because she's, only a feminist when other women want to call her out on it. So yeah, I think that it I don't really enjoy her like being kind of tongue in cheek about it because she's she loves that, that that what they do and she probably wouldn't change it, like you said. Oh, the biggest thing about Shiv, and this is great because we haven't had a chance, the three of us, to discuss any of the show. So we can kind of like go in fresh with each other's opinions, mm-hmm. or at least my opinion with your opinions and mine. Yeah. To me, Shiv is her mother. And she hated mm. the last two episodes because she saw a mirror and she didn't want to see a mirror. She thought it was mm. going to be a funhouse mirror and defend her stance of you were horrible to me. So that's why I went with dad. It's like, no, you went with the money. Like, let's not get that twisted. Mm. And so with, with the feminist point, even look at what she did earlier in the season, very beginning of the season when she was debating how to get their friend as the lawyer, uh, Sanaa Lathan's character on. Because she tried to play the hey sister girl card, which again goes into your point, Chanel, with she would not be invited back. And it <laughs> blew up in her face. And then she tried to play the hard character, and she ain't hard. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. In yeah. some ways, Shiv is the worst of all of them. In some in like in some ways she is. And it's 
and then in some ways she's not like she like the thing I love most about this show is that like all of these co- characters are like complex but terrible and I love how I love how Armstrong like Jesse Armstrong like always gives you a reason to think that they might have turned a corner and then reminds you Nah, yeah. they're not. They've all, yeah, they've only changed so much because he that's says, how it is with like rich, mm-hmm. like really rich, powerful white people. It's like, why would they ever grow unless they want to? Right. He says in one of the after shows, like, I don't believe that people really change. I think their actions can evolve, but they don't change. So we see that in the show. Um, but yeah, during during Monopoly, they are worried about Kendall and uh, West Comfrey comes around. Who I kind of hate Comfrey. I think Comfrey's just. You know, Comfrey just doesn't like she don't she's tired of Kendall at this point. Yeah. I think she's just tired of Kendall and just doesn't care. Cause at one point in this conversation, they go, Kendall comes shows up. I'm jumping ahead, but Kendall shows mm-hmm. up and like they were doing something with Vanity Fair and she leaves and she's like, Actually, we're just calling them. They're not really trying to talk. Yeah, but I'm like, don't undermine him. Like talk like, yeah, like do that with that, your friends, but not man, to his family. That man made her go out and find like 150 80s lunch boxes, and then t- like and 20 minutes before her birthday said, never mind, Co- I'm correct, good. Correct, correct. And then but didn't what give would, her money for it and told her she had to sell them on eBay. But what would the Roys do? That Like, Kendall, that's all I'm saying is that that was a witch for the devil kind of trade. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't want Comfrey to think shit is sweet over there just because they're not Kendall. That's all I'm trying to get at. Yeah, so, you know, so we find out that like Kendall's basically fine, but he had an overnight stay at the hotel. I mean, at a hospital. And Comfrey's like, but there was no media pickup, so I guess nobody in the Italian uh, media found out um, that he was there. And so Kendall roll, rolls up, and everyone's talking to him like, you know, that time, like the thing when like someone like does something, but you don't know how to broach the subject. And they're like, Hey, hey. buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. How's it going? And he's, and, oh. and of course, of course, Best you finally think Kendall is like, got it. He rolls up and he's just, and, but here's the thing. I wrote this. Connor, <laughs> Connor seemed genuinely concerned about right. it he's out of all man. of them. He seemed genuinely concerned. And he rolls up and he's like, where's my kids? He's like, I gotta get my kids. And she was like, they can stay here. And he's like, I'm not letting them stay with him. But I also wouldn't either. After that poison Barada situation, I would definitely be like, oh, no, nah, they can't stand her. Because because he's he who knows that. Lo, uh, what's his man? What's the man name? Logan won't wake up and be like, mm, kill the firstborn's firstborn. Like, you know, like we just don't want to deal with that. So then, uh, you know, then Ken says, yeah, I got to get home because uh, I might not stay. I got to get home because um I'm talking to new lawyers, like big time lawyers, and uh, we're gonna pull all my all the papers on IG. <laughs> like, bro, what are you talking about? You it's just drowned yesterday. What are you talking about, bro? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He doesn't want to seem weak. He wants to seem like, oh yeah, I almost died, but I'm still on that ass. I'm still on y'all, and it's not it's not giving what it's supposed to give for you. And it doesn't help that he, from the start of this season's arc. He gets experts. He pays experts to tell him what to do. And then he tells them respectfully, I know better. Right. That's Logan's son. So, you know, then, uh, you know, Jerry rolls up and Jerry says, you know, DOJ is going to hit us with a historic fine. 
And, you know, Gojo's prices are going up, basically. His stock prices are going up. And they're like, oh, yeah, we already knew that. So, and then he says, well, Logan says he's going to see Madsen. Uh, and so Logan rolls up, and he's like, I'm going to see Madsen. He's all angry. And Roman's like, should I come? And he's like, no, sit there and play with your dick. And I'm like, oh, my God. This man is the worst father of all True, time. True, but he he probably hasn't had a lot of time to process the whole dick pic at the boardroom thing, maybe. I guess. And then, of course, you know, because Shiv is a backstabber. Mm-hmm. Shiv goes, I- I'll go. And she doesn't realize Logan does not like you. Like you're the well, you're the last one that's gonna get it. You're also overhyping your ability to charm people. And I and I it just reminded me of remember when that girl, oh, from Cruises, remember how she went to the nanny, that lady who was working as a nanny and convinced yeah. her not to speak up. So because she has like betrayed women with feminism, with her, you know, again, like I already said, it's like she thinks she's a whisper, she's a business whisper. And yeah, but his thing ha- with Shiv, she thinks that she's being a feminist. Yep. Like yeah. I don't oh. like in her mind, she thinks yeah, she I was telling that lady the truth. Like when I get in charge, I am gonna get these men out and do this and mm-hmm. do that. I mean, she's not. We all know right. she won't. But, but it'll just be years until then for of your suffering while I hold off my family. But anyway, I just bring that up to say, like, she her to ju- whenever she jumps up on my shift, relax. It is not, he would you would be on the call if you were supposed to be on the call. Yeah, but he does, she also doesn't realize that she knows that she's like my dad's a misogynist, but not to me. And I'm like, nah, he's like that with you. Like you're ne- you're never gonna be in charge. He's not gonna no. let you be in charge. Yeah, she won't. She won't see it. Um, but but he does say, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Come on, Roman. And he goes, let's go see Hans Christian Underfuck. I'm like, great, great <laughs> nickname, great nickname. That was a great nickname. So. Then we had Logan uh, and Roman going to see Madsen, and they're in this boat. And Logan's looking at Logan's looking at Roman. He goes, "She's a good-looking woman, huh?" <laughs> and Roman's like, uh, "I guess." Like, I don't know how to answer that, Dad. And he's like, "And Brian Cox's face here is so amazing. Like mm-hmm. the face he's just making." I have just, no idea where he's where he's going with this. And then he goes. Are you scared of pussy? And I'm like, oh my god! And he says, and Rome was like, Rome was just squirming in this chair. Yeah, which is so funny because he's the edge lord, and his dad speaks to him. He's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, be be in his face like you are with everybody else. Yeah, and so um, Logan says, you know, if you need to get straightened out, get straightened out. I don't want to know. <laughs> And so then they pull up to Madsen's crib. And I'm like, this is the second time I see a Madsen's crib. It's really dope. I love Madsen's crib. Um, and then we get this scene. So I got this clip of Logan and Madsen talking. All right. Can y'all see my screen? Yep. Not at all. So, what do you think? Are we doing this fucking merger or not? Wow, just uh, straight in there, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm old. <laughs> and what do you want, a better vote? Oh, what a nice house you got here. No, I, I like it. I get bored easily. Yeah, everything is boring, isn't it? Yeah, everything is pretty fucking boring. Except this. Yeah, you got me interested. How interested? 
Look, I don't want to fuck around forever with this. I mean, I've seen how your price is, and I understand that your board is looking at all the options, but if we stay tight, this can work. So, shall we dance or what? Want to sit down? Sure. Yeah. Um, Zuckerberg wants, do you know Mark, by the way? Uh -huh. well, he, he once told me that um, in ancient Rome, at one point, they wanted to make all the slaves wear something so they could identify them. Uh -huh. Just up here. Um, like a, what do you call these things? Like a cloak or whatever. But then they decided not to do it. And do you know why? Mm -hmm. Because they realized if all the slaves dressed the same, they would see how many of them there were. They'd rise up and kill the masters. Yeah, we don't, we don't love Mark. So what, does he have a kid in Malaysia reading history for him now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but the point is, if, if we want to survive, you and I, then we need a hell of a lot of little folks running around shitting us data you know, for the eyeballs, for the revenue, for the scale. No offense, but I don't think you have the technology or the orientation to get there. And you don't have the content. Well, maybe not, but we're flying like a fucking rocket ship and you're sinking like a lead balloon. What's your churn like? Yeah, we hear you have problems with binge and burn. We got the good stuff. Sure, sure. Some of your content is pretty cool, I guess, but business-wise, it's time for you to beef up or sell out. And you can't become a tech player because you and your business are just too fucking old. Whoa. He is in great shape. You know who he's fucking? I don't want to be rude because you're a legend. Honestly, you're fucking bulletproof. Tank man. So you want me to come in your sauna and tell you what a pretty pecker you got? I'm just really excited about the future. So am I. Yeah, but are you? Really? Well, that's something you say, isn't it? No, but I am excited. But America, I don't know. When I arrived, there were these gentle giants smelling of fucking gold and milk. They could do anything. Now look at them. Fat as fuck. Scrawny on meth or yoga that pissed it all away i don't know i don't know go on talk to me well i think we fit your company and mine but you know the street loves us we're we're a strong buy we're up and we're staying there and you, you have this, uh, this fine and all this other bullshit. You're hurt. Maybe you're tired. So I make sense as the person to take over. Now, if, if that's an option, if that's something you would consider, then let's talk. But if you want to tell me to go fuck myself, tell me to go fuck myself. You're not fucking serious. That would make everything nice for you. I could pay you out, or if you want control inside or outside of the assets you love, that's cool. I would want you to maintain prestige. I'm not about making you small. But you'd rule the roost. It would be your board. But I would structure it so fucking nice for you. All right, I'll stop it there. So.
Rich, do you think, uh, first of all, before I, I ask you this, Brian, you can tell Brian <laughs> by his facial expressions. Like, he just makes so many subtle faces that, like, only someone who's, like, used to do stage plays would do because they're just so expressive. But, Rich, do you think Madsen is telling... I think Madsen's doing just like... You know, he he goes on to talk about how Roman's important. Then you know, you think he's trying to get over on them? No, I don't think he's trying to get over. I think he's a chaos agent. Like Madsen throughout this entire story arc in season three, like whether it's peeing on the the phone in the club on Kendall's birthday, or any of the weird conversations they had after Roman tried to hitch his wagon to. Uh, uh, the newest version of whatever they're going to have as a GOP puppet. Um, and I just, man, I, I look at him and I think he's just a weird, weird cat. And he's weird enough to be telling the truth. They say he's based off of like Musk a little bit. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. But Skarsgård plays him so like, I don't even know the adjective. Like, I don't know how to describe it. He's kind of like aloof, but not. And he's kind of like, you know, he doesn't care about things, but he does. So it's like this really weird thing. Um, That's also a family trait. I don't think we could find a Skarsgård that hasn't been able to, like, play this sort of role well. So well is he related to Peter? All of them are in the same thing. Yeah. Who's Peter the- and Bill. Bill Skarsgård, the dude from It. Plays the clown. That's his. Oh wife. wow! Yep, they're all related. They were just hanging out in Norway, just making faces, just waiting, just waiting for that. Wait, but Alexander is the only fine one. I'll tell you that much. Okay. I I've been standing him since True Blood, Mm-mm, honey. And then he had his run. I just hold on. Let me talk about him for one second. Then he had his run on Big Little Liars. And then I wanted to mention he's in a show called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Have either one of you tried that show? No, I have not. He plays a guy who's really caught up in an MLM, and it's it's actually very funny. I stand him. So, Brandon, when you got excited about him coming to the series, I wasn't that excited because I was like, I don't know where we're going with this. But he just came in and made and like created such a pivotal. Like this is pivotal, and so for him to have this three episode arc and do this much in it, it was just beyond. They put a lot of weight on his shoulders, and he delivered. So yeah, he basically says, you know, Rome is important. He'll be the he'll be the in between, the, the face of you know the transition. And then Logan basically says, this is not happening. But if you look at Logan's face, he's he's looking at he's looking at Madsen like this is not happening, like with a wink, like yeah. And like I gotta put up a little bit of a fight. And then Logan tells, then Madsen Madsen picks up on it. You could tell, and he says, hey, you want to stick around and talk about you know other stuff like the old deal or you know y'all have this israeli ai company that you know mm-hmm. out. and then logan goes sure and then he says uh roman why don't you you know your mom's got all that you know brouhaha about the wedding why don't you get back and rogan lomer thinks it's a joke like ah funny dad i'll get back and he goes oh no you're serious and at that point i think roman kind of knew like uh-oh mm-hmm Annoying, but he did. You know, he doesn't want to face it. On the initial watch, I thought I picked up on this. On the rewatch, I definitely picked up on it. Like 
Logan's already in. Logan's already, he's already decided he wants to do it. So that's, that's one thing I picked up. And secondly, just in like, when we think about it, season one, cause there's been so much that happened. He was sick and he, and it was like, Kendall was just like, dad, just lay down. We can do this. You're sick. And he was fighting with so much vigor. And I just feel like all these different things have taken something out of him. And so because he hates his kids and he hates them for loving him, he's like he wants to give it over. But he's been waiting for somebody to really like put a dagger in his front and his back. And here's this kid who's coming in who's like, hey, listen, I'll just do what like get out of here. You're a dinosaur, but I also won't treat you that disrespectfully. He like, this is his, his golden package, you know? And so, or his golden balloon, whatever they call it. So I think I feel for Roman who really like was hoping his dad wouldn't do this and, and is doing it in his face. Yeah. But he also thinks his kids are morons and they haven't really showed him otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think they also had that revelation throughout this of like each of them, kind of figured out like where they stood like with Roman this season was about him finally because remember season two even in uh beginning of season three we find out that Roman really was abandoned by his dad and that Kendall kind of look out for him and protected him from their older brother as he kind of wanted to bully him and so he's never felt love from his dad because remember earlier this season when they did that profile and the first thing that happened was he couldn't remember a story so he had to make up one about when Kendall took him camping. And the first thing his dad said when he sees him is, oh, you remember when I took you camping, you little pansy? Oh, oh, look at you. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is a, if, if the only way it could have been worse if that was like a Father's Day episode. Yes. Like, but I'm not like, I don't think any of them had quality time with him. I think that maybe, maybe it seems like Kendall had some as like the first boy of the, of, of Caroline, but I don't, mm-hmm. it does it doesn't. I think Kendall got it the worst and he tried to, he tried to shield Shiv and Roman from. Fair, that, but I'm, I'm saying even just in terms of like actual FaceTime, I think that it literally is in, is Kendall and then the other, the rest of them went Connor at the bottom in descending order. And that's not even in order of abuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, it's just, it is really wild to me um, how, what they're fighting for, because when you think about it, like what, what all they're fighting for is immaterial. Sometimes it feels like, cause Logan just is not ever going to do right by them. But anyway. So then we get the next scene of, uh, like, basically an intervention. But before one, one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on TV. Yeah, Connor talks about how he wasn't alerted about the merger of equals and how mm-hmm. Mass is trying to de-platform de- maverick thinkers like him. And then we get this scene. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hello. So what is this? Let's take a seat. Come on. Okay. So, we just wanted to get together to let you know that we love you. What? Right? I love you straight up. I mean, I suppose I don't want you to die, so, yep. What is this? What's the angle? No angle. We're worried that you... Consciously or subconsciously tried to... Are you trying to shut me down? Um, you kind of tried to kill yourself, dude, and that's not cool. I fell off an inflatable. Okay. 
Is this an intervention? Why do you get to do an intervention on me? Seriously? But you need an intervention. You need an intervention. You need an intervention. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But you're kind of the top of the pile right now. We'll do me tomorrow. Yeah? Yeah, suicides jump from life. I fell off my fucking floaty. You're an addict. You're addicted to booze and to drugs and relationships and sex and work and the family drama. No, sorry. No. I mean, look who's fucking here. I, I, I don't see it. You, you don't have any standing. So, listen, you guys can take this little committee of public fucking safety and fuck off. You need to stop trying to kill Pop. Okay? You're selfish. You're self-centered. Connor, can just... What? Just... I'm not allowed to say my piece? No, you can. Just... Let me lead. No. Okay. Okay, look. I hear you. But I just... I, I feel like everything I've done has been with good intentions. And I, I do think this is actually about all of you and your shit more than me. It sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm being defensive when I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm hearing you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, do you have any idea how it feels as the eldest son to be you know, promised something and then... You know, just have it taken. Yeah, true, man. I'm the oldest son. Hold up. I am the oldest son. Whoa. Yeah, obviously, calm, but you know what he means. I am the eldest son. And no one told me about this fucking merger of fucking equals. And what if I want to take over because I am the eldest son? All right. Easy, Con. I'm the eldest son. I'm the eldest son. And I must be considered and I need to be taken into account. Con, we're we're talking about what I actually lost. Shut up. You're hurt? I didn't see Pop for three years. But your spoon wasn't shiny enough. Huh? It is not all about you. I thought you loved me. Asshole. I do love you. I love all three of you pricks. But what do I get from you chumps but chump change? Fucking chump change. Well, fuck you. I'm here for your mom's wedding, and I proposed to my fiance. And no one has said congratulations. No one. But I am the eldest son of our father. I am. I am. Me. He is him. Fuck off. Connor okay. Right there. Connor has something to say. Put his foot in that. Let me tell you guys something. This shit triggered the fuck out of me once I sat down and did the math and realized I'm the Connor in my family because I'm the Uh-oh. oldest of my dad, but the only one of my mother. And then I have three siblings from um, a marriage and with my stepmother. And, um, yeah, I'm like, you know, there's even in even in their challenges, there's a bonding that the three of them have from growing up in that household, even with the divorce trauma, whatever like that's those are still bonds. And so Connor is um, is Connor is how I felt when I realized that there was a group chat without me in it. But then I but then I had to rationalize it like, I guess I don't live in that household. So there wouldn't be. a group. But it's like those kind of those type of things in a blended family that. 
you like the child who is not in that family has to learn how to stomach and process constantly because you're like, okay, doesn't, I guess it doesn't make sense for me to be including everything, but you're still like, damn, like I'm not including everything, you know? So, so I felt that that's the first time I said, oh my God, Connor's a human being. Wait, what? It's like, it really hit me. Rich, did you see how Connor was holding that knife? Mm. Yeah, he went for it. <laughs> and I, I always think about the fact that Alan Ruck is like such a great, like I, 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 he started out as the angst ridden kid in Ferris Bueller's Ferris Day Bueller. Off. Oh yeah! Oh, that is him. Turn as the little uh, the the John Larroquette s character on Spin City, and now he is this multifaceted rage. Like he is, he has so much. Again, all of them have so much pain, but he really is off by himself. As the three of them have their their relationship with a mother who really only likes to show up to see how the car crash looks and then skip mm-hmm. away because mm-hmm. they abandoned her too. And yeah. she's British, so she can show her pain in different ways. <laughs> yeah, but they all and they also they play with Connor's. They they don't put any respect on his name. You know what I mean? None. So we yeah. So we've seen that over the years where they like make fun of his presidential run, which again ridiculous. But they make fun of it, you know, and they they don't really include him. Like I I just want now I want to go back and watch the family therapy episode. Like just these different ways mm-hmm. that Connor's arc has been developing. So I'm proud of him because he still did that in a loving way. He still said, hey, fix it when you talk, when you speak on me, but I do still love mm-hmm. you. And then I think the big, the two things I want to say, and then I'll stop ch- chattering, is that one is I love that he still like, um, I love that he was actually going to tell Kendall about himself in probably the most productive way we've ever seen someone try to tell Kendall about himself. Because, I, I, and I hated Shiv and, and um oh my God, Roman trying to stop him when they, like they haven't said the nastiest stuff to him just in passing. And this is actually the time for him to deliver the message when they stop him. Like that would have really set me off as well. So I thought he handled that very well. And then the second thing I've already forgotten, but I just loved how they played the scene. <laughs> well, the thing about this show is it's, it's they, the show is like, this is how horrible the ultra rich are, right? But the one thing the show also does in favor of the not necessarily in favor, but in contrast to that, is to show people even the ultra rich can have really messed up shit. And like these kids are like they got like in some ways they won the parents' lottery for being like ridiculously rich, but in so many other ways they were just like left behind and left for dead by these by Caroline and Logan. Like it's just horrible horrible people and so it's like yeah you know they have so many privileges and so many things that us normal people can't even fathom but like even the ultra rich can be completely messed up by bad Uh, oh 100 they're human i would say okay i remember my second thing which was the 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 most kindle oh i loved him being like um, you guys have no standing. <laughs> like, how can you give me an intervention when I, I don't see it, guys? I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I that's what I say and want to continue to say whenever a friend tries to help me. Be like, mm, I don't see it. How you 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 fucking broke nigga too. I don't see it. Please don't. You know, like just just being able to put shit right back. And I love how he said, like, yeah, I'm like I'm being defensive, but also you guys are making this personal. And then for Shift to say whatever she said about. You know, I just think that you're doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, girl, you're speaking 
hold a mirror up. So I thought this was like a very interesting scene for as far as check-in. And then the the last connection I wanted to make was this was just too little too late, Be- even though mm-hmm. things rectify themselves, because this is what Kendall wanted at his party. Like Kendall thought, okay, we're all still family, right? We still care about each other. And he thought they would be able to let bygones go and come to the party and they didn't. So for them to wait until death, Kendall didn't, Kendall thought that wouldn't matter either. Right. So he's confused. He's like, why are we, why are y'all caring about me now? You don't care about me. Don't act like, I don't need your, I don't need your pity anymore. I mean, his sister wrote a, that damning letter that basically threw all of his foibles that she's now trying to politely help into the street for everybody to see. And now she's like, Hey, I got you. Yeah, and it's I just one, it's family. That. I mean, it's family. So I get it's wild, but it's also, you know, the, the idea of at any given time, they think they're all better than each other. And so when you truly want to care for someone, you've had years of this. Because clearly, I mean, you know, the series jumps in like they're adults, they're fully formed. But I'm sure there's so many stories each of them could tell about the other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so <clears throat> so then, you know, Connor walks off and he's waiting for his car with Willa. And he's clearly perturbed. He's just on one right now. And Willa's like, and she can notice it. She goes, uh, hey, Con, what's it? What's the matter? And he says, nothing. Oh, except, you know, my family hates me. <laughs> We're going to lose ATN to a Swede. So my presidential campaign is over. And you're going to leave me. <laughs> and Willa's like, I don't know what to say. So she goes, Connor, you're a nice man. <laughs> I died when she said that. Yikes. I was like, yo, Connor is about to be next. And then and then Connor looked like just like the world just like smashed him. Like he got hit by the moon from Thanos' power stone. And Con- and then Connor was like, and then Willow was like, you know what? Fuck it. How bad can it be? And I was like, that is an amazing way to say yes to a proposal. That is an amazing way. And Connor, and Connor immediately got happy. And they got in the car and pulled off. And so then they, um, you know, they do a quick shot. Side note, that's how I'm going to respond to a marriage proposal regardless. I could be like, yes, I love you a million times. I'm going to say, fuck it. How bad can it be? And I hope he laughs. That's a good hope. That actually depends on the, it depends on the setting. The guy, right? So then they do a quick shot of the Logan headquarters and they show Frank and Carl rolling up. Uh, so he's like, oh, some shit's about to go down here. And so then Shiv and Roman are at the wedding and, you know, they're asking where's dad and, you know, how's the deal? And Roman doesn't know anything, but he's trying to play it like, you know, he's trying to play it coy like he just doesn't want to tell Shiv. But Shiv, Shiv can read Roman. She's not the smartest person, but she can read him. And so she knows he's lying. She's like, dude, you know, what's going on? And then, I think it says all will be revealed <laughs> to mm. both of us. <laughs> and so then all Roman tries to change revealed. the subject. And it's like, hey, you think we should do one last check with mom? And then she's like, oh, well, are you worried mom's going to have sex with him and never talk to you again? And Roman's like, you know, I'm worried that she doesn't have a prenup. And then she was like, you know, she has a prenup. She even talked about how um, she wanted to get the London flat in the prenup. And so that's when we should have known something was going on. Like, they, you know, when she was talking about that prenup or whatever. 
But but how will we know? Because there was so much chatter about the prenup and them just they're just thinking about their mother's long term, and that's been their ongoing thing about her. No, they weren't thinking about their mother's long term. They were thinking about what happens if Peter Munyon messes up because they got a lot of stuff because of that prenup. I mean, also the same thing is thinking about their mother's long term. No, but they don't care about her. (laughs) I don't think they do. And then, uh, so then, you know, I always save these scenes, you know, you know this, because uh, they're my favorite couple on the show. So I have my yes. Tom and Greg scene. Let's do it. I love mm. Tom and They're Greg. everyone's favorite couple. Okay, here we go. How you doing, children? Oh, oh Tom. Hey, Greg. Do you mind chatting with Comfrey? I want to check in on the princess. The princess now? I thought she was a contessa. Yeah, but I guess through her dad, she's like eighth in line for the throne of Luxembourg. Eighth in line? Greg, you marry her, you'll plane crash away from becoming Europe's weirdest king. <laughs> Don't be silly. Dude, you off a couple of hemophiliacs and you'll be the king of Luxembourg. You'd sound like a fancy cookie. It's actually a grand duchy. <laughs> It's something to do with the Congress of Vienna. It's, I guess, really complicated. She doesn't like to talk about it, although we do talk about it quite a bit. Uh, oh, see, now, Roman. Get in there, Greg. If Roman marries her, he'll invade France. I know that was short, but I love their scenes. And by the way, I don't think this show does. I mean, this show does do throwaway wines, but I don't know if that's going to be throwaway. Like, I feel like no one on this show has failed up more than Greg. And I wouldn't be surprised if they give us a Greg romance with her. I I don't think anything's throwaway at this point. I've mm-hmm. learned that now. He when he said I cack the way again, history, the way I cackled when he said if you leave him there too long, he's gonna try to invade France. I was like, holy like I play on the side uh crusader kings and so uh which is a great game where it's kind of like if you played civ only with you being the king or grand duchess or whatever but when you die in the game you take over one of your kids so it's like succession the home edition and i couldn't i was like i remade the holy roman empire and I said something to, to to no one in particular. And then I looked up, was like, oh my God, I turned into Tom. And I just had to like, stop. I haven't played the game since. And seeing these two talk in between this, and I don't know if you're going to play the scene where uh, Greg talked about, he heard some scuttlebutt on the lackey slack. <laughs> mm. Great. I, I take nothing like Chanel just said I'm waiting for season 4 to open up and that plane crash did happen and he is now like the Grand Duke of Luxembourg <laughs> mm-hmm. and he he's like you know I'm the bottom of the top in two countries yes we really just gotta wait on it so then we get to uh, Caroline's wedding and uh so you were right i thought that we i literally rich thought we were skipping right past that wedding i thought they were like yep Mm -mm. if logan's not there we don't care about it no it's like pro wrestling you gotta have a wedding um so (laughs) and it's hbo they are the masters of wedding wildness happened during weddings yeah between game of thrones oh so then um kendall shows up late (laughs) and he thinks they're waiting on him they didn't even Poor realize baby. he was gone. They were waiting on Poor Logan. 
he goes, oh, there are other people missing. And then Caroline's like, well, I don't think he's coming. So do you think I'll, I'll do? Like, will I be enough for you? And he's like, oh, ha, ha, darling. And I'm like, y'all are in cahoots. I forget which one of y'all said that Shiv sees herself and her mom. Right. But, you know, Caroline is basically marrying a Tom. Like, her, like her version of what Tom was, I should say, which is like this person that she's clearly better than, that she knows that, you know, I can kind of boss around, whatever. But for some reason, like this dude is like really obsessed with Logan and she wants to make him happy about it. And I'm really intrigued by that. I mean, she's not a main character, so I doubt we'll get a whole lot of exposition on it. But I'm really intrigued about like what's going on with like this Peter Munyon failed nursing home, you know, got a scholarship, bought his own furniture, dude. And like this Caroline. With them them green ass pants. Like it's, it's really interesting to me. I think I just said it in, in jest, but I really think, I mean, I think they're in cahoots. I think they have a bigger plan. Cause I don't, I think that she's, yeah, she's tongue in cheek and she's saucy, but she's very aware of his financial situation and very aware of hers. And I just don't think she's doing this without having her own plan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she clearly did get something out of it, but she yeah, was getting that for him. Uh, I, to an uh, yeah. But so, anyway, so I feel, I just want to say, I feel vindicated because I used to love Caroline. Everyone stand for her. But now I, I said I hate her earlier, and I'm glad I said that. That's all. So then Shiv, you know, they're walking down the aisle, and Shiv is just beating Roman like, hey, you know, now you never get your chance to, you know, have yeah. sex with your mom. and. Wouldn't it be so romantic if you got to marry mommy on her wedding day? And I'm like, God, there is clearly something wrong with Roman. And they don't like these people don't have no sense of empathy at all. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Well, by the way, I just love one thing I do like about their banter, because obviously with Kendall out, we've seen them more than ever together. Um, But while she was doing that, Kendall goes, I mean, Roman is like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just like so unbothered by it because he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get these jokes off. That's fine. And I, I something, even though it's the most disgusting jokes ever, something about that dynamic still like is comforting. Yeah. So they have the wedding, they have their thing. We so no red wedding here, unfortunately. It's a regular ceremony, it's done. And I actually uh next we go, oh, I think next we oh, go no, to the boardroom. Oh. oh, Greg was sitting in between Contessa oh, yeah. and Comfy. In between both of them. Because my man wanted to have a sitcom, like, <laughs> just running from kitchen to kitchen. Yes. Damn. And Contessa goes, oh, this is so nice. I love weddings. Wait, because Willa is crying her eyes out, and we all know that don't have nothing to do with the wedding no, that's currently taking place. Like, what did I do? Like, what did I say yes to? And then Greg goes, yeah, I love it. Great. Weddings are so nice. And then Comfrey goes, oh, God, I hate weddings. This is so pretentious. And he goes, yeah. It's the- Kill me like, now. <laughs> what? Yo, Greg is the man. You're right. Greg is the alpha. You're right. <laughs> Greg Greg can hang. I, I just want to say, like, with the Willa and Connor thing, I think this, I told you that I hate succession because it makes me hate women. And because I usually stand for female characters. But the thing about Willa is Willa knew what the fuck she was getting into this whole time. And so for it to be escalating, it's it's so funny because it's like reverse pretty woman. But for it to be escalating, it's crazy that she's crying about it because you knew what you signed up for. You wanted a rich asshole. So why are you Mm -hmm. crying? Because this is the lifestyle you have. Like, you know, you're not going to meet freaking, you know, young Bernie Sanders next. It's a wrap for you. 
I think she just wanted her the old way back, where she kind of shows up for a little while, gets paid, and gets to go do her thing. Fair enough. No, that's true. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, once you move to the ranch, baby, it was you. You was in the life. Yeah, she in too deep. So then uh, Shiv does a toast where she basically says, "Terrible, worst toast, worst, worst toast I've ever heard in my life." And then Marsha dips early, and Shiv and Roman are like, "Does she know something? Where is she going?" And Carrie, uh, uh, I would like my omelet to the room. Thank, and that's what I was like. Oh, she knows. <laughs> she knows, and she don't give a fuck. Connor says, uh, uh, "Willa uh, has been talking to Carrie, and she's been putting uh, what's it called? Met, um, testosterone boosters." Isn't it Makaru? Isn't it what it's called? Makaru, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Putting Makaru in her in her smoothies, and he's been having almond butter, and he's been eating nuts. And they're like, "Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to boost up the boost up the um the swimmers. He's trying to get it ready." And they're like, "Oh God, Dad wants to have another baby." <laughs> I think that this is so weird, but I think that's the darkest part about this whole episode. Not the darkest part, but the darkest thing up till now. In my mind, that this man would have a baby not to love on a baby, not because he loves Carrie so much, but to fuck with his current kids, honestly, and make them think there's another child that might take over or to think about his legacy as if like he should just even though he won't have any time with this child. Yeah, he don't care. He don't care at all. And so uh, Tom shows up and Shiv says, Dad's trying to have a baby. And then Tom goes, oh. Maybe we should get it cracking now. And then <laughs> and then Tom then Roman goes, huh? You mean you two? And Roman says that like he really doesn't want Shiv to have a baby. Like I, there's something going on with there's something with Roman and like his family. That's I like, understand that tape. I hope there's an I I let me tell you right now. I do not need an incest storyline. So whatever, I hope this stays at Ooh. joke level, jokey joke. Let's never go there. <laughs> this is, you know what I mean? I need, I need my triggers to be very, to be separated show by show. But I think that for them, what is bothering me is it, it's like, I do think they're joking, but I think what is, what he, my, my read was his reaction is Shiv, don't do this. You know you don't really even like him. Do not enter. Like I think it's almost like sympathy for Tom. And then uh, Tom says, "You know we're freezing." And then this was so. This part was dark to me. Tom puts his hand on her stomach, and then she just pushes it off like subtly. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. "I think that's when Tom was like, all right, <laughs> I know what this is. I know what this is right now.'" And then so Jerry, Jerry rolls up and he says, hey, I found out that this finance dude is flying in to meet Madsen and Greg's been contacted by some assistants. And uh, I think I have that scene. So I think this is the Greg scene you were talking about, Rich. So let's play this. I mean, I guess I try to feel better by giving a lot of money to environmental charities. Oh, yeah? Which, or, like, to, to not Greenpeace? No, Friends of the Earth. Okay, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I have some beef with Greenpeace. Uh, long story, but they're bad. 
You have one guy in Greenland just cashing checks and eating penguins and dumping cigarettes out on glaciers. Feel free to cut him dead, by the way. We're actually having interesting talk. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, he's what's called in our land an irrelevant pauper, and you don't need to listen oh. to the pauper. It's not for your royal ears. No, 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 no. No to no? No to no, my friend. He's widely known. Uh, I, widely I, known? I think you'd agree, Roman, that you're a self-admitted. Uh, sorry, I don't know how you'd say this in your language, but uh, but a uh, uh, a sexual pervert. You're an right? interesting family. Mm-hmm. Funny guy. All jokes aside, uh, I heard that you may have been getting some tremors on the assistant loop. Is this true? Yeah. Uh, a call went out on Lackey Slack because there are a number of advisors in town from Lion Tree, apparently, and they don't like the feel of the hard Italian pillows. So that's a, it's a private chat. Yeah, so. Shut up, Mary. Thank you. Okay, first of all, Nicholas Braun has to be ad libbing. So yeah, it has to be improv. Yep. Yeah, there's no way that's written in the script. Where is his profile, bro? Where is his New Yorker profile talking about what it's like? His probably is glowing, but still. He said, naughty die, my friend. He said, naughty no. I, I literally contemplated, should we be the naughty no podcast? <laughs> because that was oh, funny. I Just to it. help y'all, because uh, I, I think y'all know who like is the money behind Succession. Or maybe you don't. No. Oh, the Murdoch, you mean? No, 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 no. Oh. Like the actual series. Oh no, who? It's it's uh, Will Ferrell and McKay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, McKay, yeah, 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 yeah. We know yeah. that. Yeah. So the, so they stick with that rule of even with their comedies. You, if you have a better line, or you want to try something, and you know your character, do it. Mm-hmm. So all of them have the green light, which also kind of make Kendall even scarier because I don't know what's in the script and what's just him. Right. Because after reading that profile, I even told Wade when we went over it, he's the person like there is like he couldn't have been Roman because he's Kendall. He's always been Kendall. Yeah. Kendall yeah. just happens to be the name that this character is that is in mm-hmm. his body. Like when mm-hmm. when uh, Beyonce says she has Sasha Fierce, like mm-hmm. this, no this is it. That's what I'm saying. The casting just, it's so funny when you hear, like you hear, all, you see all this bad casting and see perfect casting like that. You're like, oh, God has a plan. <laughs> like that, like this mm-hmm. is God's plan. But yeah, no, the no do no is hilarious. And then I love that Roman is so unpressed un- about being called a pervert. He's like, yeah, anyway, so what, what I was saying was, what's going on with this thing? Like, yeah, you just told the princess that I'm weird, but let's get back to this. He didn't even say, he said, uh, 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 sexual pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I died, man. I would that really was so wonder great. what he was reaching for. He really reached for, I, I, he could have said anything and this nigga landed on sexual pervert. Character. That was the moment I knew he was the white alpha that could kill people in spades. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to tell you, but you probably should own a library with all the books you're wasting. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I workshop that one. And he just looks and they're just nodding off to the side, like, yeah, get him. No, Eat him but up, you know, Eat him you up. Know, black people love uh white people who get it, so they would eat him up he'd be great at the at the barbecue and i will say like that girl deserves whatever's coming to her because for her to tell roman we're having a nice convo i'm like and secondly greenpeace must be in on the joke am i wrong because how are they how can they keep slandering this organization like this 
Well, remember Greg slandering it because that's where all his inheritance is going. He is right. A bit no, of Betty but I'm saying it. green. I'm saying Greenpeace in real life is an organization, and you can't. I'm keep- sure. <laughs> I'm sure Adam McKay is probably giving a little bit of that profit from success in the Greenpeace yes. just to be fair. like, okay, fair, yeah. So then, uh, you know, Carrie goes and tells Jerry, you know, something in her ear, and Roman's looking at it. She Roman runs up on Carrie mm-hmm. and is like, "What'd you say to her?" And Carrie's like. I don't tell you anything. And he goes, why are you lying? And she goes, you're losing your mind, buddy. And walks off and he goes, yeah, I know you're trying to have a baby with my dad. That's disgusting. (laughs) He had to get it in. He had to say what he had to say, I guess. And then Shiv rolls up and says, hey, I talked to Carl. It's going down. Like Carl's kind of on the outside, so he's not in. So he can just tell us. But yeah. He's selling Matson. He's meeting with Matson. Like it's it's all about to go down. We're about to get screwed out of our positions. Like it's it's going down. And mm-hmm. he's like, she's like, we gotta find Kendall. Uh, so she rolls up on Kendall, and Kendall is just like fading and smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette. And she's like, we need to talk. And Kendall's like, I'm not really about that. Fucking with y'all today, yeah. And she's like, no, we need to talk about company stuff. Like I wouldn't ask you if it wasn't important. And Kendall knows that, like, they ain't been talking, but something is like, I at least should show up. So they all go walking down somewhere where other people aren't. And uh, Roman tells, you know, tells them what happened with Matson on the island, how he proposed buying it and what the dad did, what dad did. And um, Ken is just in the background, like, distant. And then and then they had, like, these restaurant workers walk out. And Ken sees them, and it reminded him of the kid from the wedding, uh, the caterer. And then we get this amazing, amazing scene, which I'm going to play. This is for your consideration right here. Yes, absolutely. For your consideration. Can we talk? Shiv, I'm not here. Hey, buddy. Hey, you okay? There's something really wrong with me, Shiv. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Uh, well, it's okay. It's... I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not feeling very connected to my children or my endeavors right now. And uh, I can't get one thing right with another, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened. I tried to do something. I, I, I really, I, I tried, I tried. I know, man. I know you fucked it. Fuck you. Well, that's what happened, yeah. I took a shot. But it's like, it didn't matter. It's but. just business, okay? Like, we're all fucked. Everything just sort of got mixed up. I thought I had an out. I could see it. I could, I could see the way markers, and I thought I could, out of all our shit, I thought I I thought I could take us all out of it. I, I did. I did try. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know. I'm not a good person. Well, whatever. You're fine. I'm I'm bad. <laughs> Come on. Lighten up, Glum Glum. I killed a kid. Hmm? What? What? I killed a kid and yeah, they're they're coming for me. They're gonna come for me. Is this uh, is this room? What the fuck? At your wedding. What? Or shit. The kid. That kid. Uh you mean the waiter kid? The- I was high. And I was looking for to score and I was drunk. I was fucked up, but I drove and he saw something and he snatched at the wheel and we went into the water. And then I left him in there and ran. Okay. Uh, let's, we got to get you. Come on. Let's. It's fucking lonely. I'm all apart. I mean, if it pleases the court. Sounds like you didn't kill him. It sounds to me like he killed him. No, I'm a piece of shit, man. But the road in the water killed him? That's what it sounds like. No, man, don't. No, seriously. I mean, you crashed and then what? You did, you ran? No, no. I mean, I tried to get it. You did? Okay, see? That's... I, I dived a few times. This sounds like the story of a hero to me. I would have been straight out of there. Serious, I would have been out of that water like a tabby cat out of a bath. <laughs> Don't, man. Don't. Don't, man. I'm a, I'm a killer. <sighs> Fuck you. Bullshit. Come on. At worst, you're... You're an irresponsibler, okay? You're bigging yourself up. Yeah? I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I'm blown into a million pieces. Okay, we gotta get you out of here. Where are we going? Bring him back to the chapel, stuff him in a confessional, that'll fix it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just one minute. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Take that call. Leave me here with all the feelings. Thank you. Hey. Who hasn't clipped the odd kid with a Porsche? Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's like a rite of passage. I've killed a kid too. Big deal. Jim. You've killed the kid, right? Uh, yeah. Man, you fucked my wedding in so many ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, one waiter down, that makes sense. It took me forever to get a fucking drink at her wedding. Please, man. Okay, yeah. I can't You're right. I'm not. 
I guess I'm just trying to say, like, who's the real victim here? I waited three quarters of an hour for a gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Sorry to say this, Ken, but confirmed. Laird is inside the deal, but he's been cocked out of the lead, so he's bitter and bleeding. Gojo buys Waystar. They pay a premium. Dad cashes out cash and stock. Uh, he keeps maybe a title uh, but and takes a few assets, but it's Matson's fucking board. Can we trust that? Is that real? Kendall, I know this isn't ideal, but we have to talk about this now. Like, I'll call the car. Let's just get the fuck out of here. So that was the scene that was everything in this show. So you know what I thought about with this, uh, Rich and Chanel? In that piece uh, in The New Yorker, there's this part where um, they basically have, like, this quote from Kieran Culkin, and he's talking about, like, how he got into this conversation with Jeremy Strong one day about, like, the show being a comedy, and he thinks it's a, he doesn't think it's a, he thinks it's a drama. And he's like, but it's a comedy. And so that scene was like a microcosm of like, Kendall is acting like it's a, it's like, it's a drama. Like this really, he's got like, he's been like studying like Viola Davis crying tapes uh, on TV. Uh, and so, and then, and then what does Kerry and Culkin, what does Roman do? Just joke, 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 joke. Like the entire, like he never. Rapid fire. It's just rapid fire joke. And when, just when Rome, when you think he's going to not joke, he jokes. And so I watched this and I was just like, these kids have no idea how to show empathy. Like none, like zero. Like they just do not know how to do it. Uh, but yeah, Rich, what'd you think? I loved it. I mean, even the nonchalant is like, hey, Shiv, uh, you kill a kid? Like, yeah, of course. And then just went right back to her phone call. It, it, like they are just, when they're locked in, it's just like watching the death lineup with the with the Warriors. Like they are just hitting threes from anywhere. The ball movement, like the line movement, whatever you want to call it, they are on it. And this one, all three of them need the nomination. And you said this is the scene. I don't know if it's between this scene the scene with Tom and Greg later with the forever in the middle or bottom of the top or the scene at the end where they mirror the exact same body positions with different people of when he starts crying. That's the one thing we didn't see and you all are listening to us. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But when he starts crying and you have Roman just putting his hands on his shoulders and just rocking with him as Shiv is kind of awkwardly looking on. And then she kind of, Hey there, don't cry. Be sad. Like almost like Liz Lemon and 30 Rock, like putting up the little wand to kind of tap them. I think they're just, they're on another level, man. And this scene is just, you can see they care about them, but it's like, I'm sorry you're opening your heart, but we're about to lose the company. So you got to wake up. Yeah. What'd you think, yeah. Chanel? I mean, I'm uh, I'm in love with the with the line of who hasn't killed a kid, right? So starting with that, and the fact that like I really I toyed with like, is that the name of the podcast? Like who? <laughs> but I was like, there's no way to really make that work. Um, but that's how much I love that line. And obviously, like I think it's amazing because of how can how true to the characters the scene was, but just from a story perspective. 
Kendall's finally letting it out. And I started to think about the, the, the arc of in season one, Kendall was, you know, kind of trying to take the stuff away from the board, but he was still the favorite. He had done the work. He was a C, whatever he was, C-suite, whatever. And he was going to take over. Um, and Shiv and Roman were jealous and then he fucked up. He was a part of a manslaughter, whatever it is legally. And they were, no, no, no. Actually, I think they were, they were, he was on the outs. And then when Logan fixed it for him, that in season two, that's when they were jealous. Cause they were like, wait, why are you the favorite now? Like what just happened? We were all kind of in the running and now who you are. So for him to finally get this off his chest and bring unity with them is big. And then for him, and then he says, you know, I've been lonely all season. That was very real. I felt like I was just glad that as siblings, they finally said he finally got it out, you know? So I don't know. I just thought it was it, this. I mean, I, but I think that if I don't know how many more seasons are going to go, I heard they're renewed for four, but I feel like I could see this being like the shift of from that moment, this show is a completely different show if they want it to be. They probably won't, but they could make it different and it could have a whole different feel from here. If they go through with selling the company, it's absolutely going to be a different show uh, of some sort. Fair uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, remember how you told me you didn't think they would ever band together? This, this I was thinking like, oh, what's Brandon going to say? Because <laughs> I like this scene just got me hyped. So then Roman, uh, you know, they basically, they get in the car and they're riding to go meet dad. And Roman's like, hey, I don't, you know, when we go in, let me talk to him. I don't want to go into aggressive because, you know, he's been the favorite the last few months or whatever. And she was he like, also doesn't want to believe it. Yeah, exactly. He's in denial. And Shiv's like, dude, he's not protecting you. Like, if Madison takes control, like, he's slamming the door in your face. Like, you're not, you're not, like, what do you, this is not what's happening. And uh, he's like, can we even stop him? And Ken says, we can stop him. Uh, You know, they need a change in control means a majority of vote uh, in the holding company. He's like, we got that in the divorce. So, his mom, their mom helped him get there, which they alluded to the episode before we talked about in the show where basically her mom was just like, you know, I let mm-hmm. them keep the kids in order to keep y'all afloat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so y'all could have y'all shares. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they just start speaking truth. And she was just like, Roman, dad's never going to choose you because he thinks something's wrong with you, which is 100% true. Like this is like one of the first 100% true things that's been said between them. Like that is a, a fact. He's never going to give it to Roman because he does think something's wrong. But at the same time, I think that this is still Shiv being a little bit like, it's like when somebody going to tell Shiv about herself? And I think that right. she keeps missing those moments because she does pick like the emergency to actually say her piece. But Shiv, he's never going to pick you either. I don't know why exactly, but he's never going to pick you either. She's exactly. a woman and he hates women. Could yes. be that. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Probably. He's never going to I mean, look at that conversation though. they had. It was like mm-hmm. four episodes ago when they were talking about the Waystar scandal where he went full racist, misogynist, mm. horrible. Like, he showed the full, like, behind closed doors, like, mask off. She was like, oh, well, there's the dad I know. And it was just like, he he's shown in so mm-hmm. many, and that's why I think if you all did go back, I, I wanted to side with Chanel on this again. If y'all do go back, you can look at so many times where he shows such a lack of respect for her relative to the other siblings. For sure. For sure. And then 
the way he treats like look at how much of an old shriveled up jerk he is and the way he talks about jerry when he's alone with Rome. Bruh, the fact that jerry almost got fired that upset me as a woman for like i really put myself in it for a moment i said wait a minute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she didn't but, do nothing but have a picture sent to it like how long has it been going on and i was yeah. like wait vince mcmahon calm down right <laughs> but the thing is he's, he was never going to pick any of them because if we're being honest like None of them actually are capable of running that company. Like, if we're being I, honest, I stand for Kendall. What Kendall after this bad, season? No, after no, this Kendall's season, Kendall. Well, if Kendall if Kendall hadn't killed that kid, I think he would have been. He would have. Kendall maybe fails at everything he tries to do. He's not good at it. He understands business a little bit, but he's bad at closing deals, and he doesn't have that go getter. Okay, now it. that part you're right. Kendall is. Terrible ideals. Okay. Shiv yeah. is relatively smart, but Shiv has no experience. She had mm-hmm. none in the company. She came yeah, from outside. She blew it. She's completely she full it. of herself and doesn't yeah. understand. No, she has no idea about what she can't do. And so yeah, she should have took her ass there. to that management training program when when and uh, been bunking mm-hmm. with her brother. And Roman learned a little bit in that, but you know, enough to be dangerous. Six months in the Definitely. management training program is not enough to run a company, and he's also a walking lawsuit. Like there is something wrong with him. Like he cannot be in charge of that company. He will say right, something. Fine, to do something fine, fine, fine. Listen, mess it up. Wrote that joke about France also reminded me of the fact that Roman sided with the baby face white supremacist yeah. <laughs> in terms of choosing who should be the next GOP presidential candidate. Like he was like, in the bathroom with this man. That's the second time this season that dude was in a bathroom trying to seal oh, a deal. I can't wait for his his sexuality. Whatever he is, I cannot wait. To, I just can't wait for that arc. I'm actually looking forward to that. I've been wanting. I mean, I've been wanting him and Alexander Sarsgaard to make out this whole season. So <laughs> I thought he had. I thought he was like all the way out when, from season one with, with the trainer. Yeah, with the trainer. Wait, the trainer was a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Okay, I got to Oh, we got three watch. It was like his trainer was Yeah, but I, I forgot who I forgot what the gender was. And then he had the girlfriend who was like the 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 beard that she was like, "Yeah, you don't you haven't touched me in like 6 months, but that trainer keeps coming over here working your glutes." Okay, let's definitely go back. Yeah, I think See, I'm telling you, y'all would have such a good time like going like even if it's just themes like Yeah, no. How no. does how does this family handle like dinners like last time they were together like this born on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so sorry this is such a side and note so but, mm. um yeah so then uh you know ken says uh he can't sexually deal without them and they all say uh you know they all say all they're like yeah then we'll go to the board and we'll tell them all the crazy shit logan has done like <laughs> you know Pissing himself in the walk at, um, mm-hmm. I forget that dude's name's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, all the crazy stuff Logan's done in the last couple of years. Um, and then Shiv mm-hmm. was like, you know, then we'll split this up equally. And then Roman's like, listen, y'all are not going to get over on me on this time. Y'all are not going to big brother me. Like, I really want my peace. I want this to be equal if we do this. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll go in as siblings and we'll make it equal this time. And they'll say... We'll fight it out afterwards. That'll be fun. And then Ken snaps out of it at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that would be fun. And he's back to kind of kill dad, Ken. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, well, send Mussolini in the van and send him to the hospital. Which I'm assuming really happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, yeah, I love seeing Ken kind of come back, and I, and I also had a moment where I'm like, it felt like Avengers assembling in a way, because I'm like, okay, there, this is, because this is a moment that me and Brandon talked about, and Brandon bet that it would never happen, and based on what they've written before, it made sense that they would, they would just never be enough of a confluence of circumstances to make them be motivated to put self aside for even a moment to consider how they would never take down Dad. Um, without being unified. And then uh, again, at the end of the episode, they talked about how in season one, when they almost had the vote and Roman put mm-hmm. his hand down, like, like, uh, but so it made me think about how all these characters needed A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z to happen before they would even be ready to see that they need each other. And I think that, you know, the falling off the float helped with that as well. And so they're in, they're in the car, like you said, and they start, they start, you know, getting into calling people or whatever. And, um, so for the ending, there's a theory that the there that what the turn that's about to come might have been precipitated. Well, it was definitely precipitated in this car. That whatever. Oh yeah, the turn I got that clip. Right. It was but, definitely precipitated. Right, but but there's a theory of of two different people. I think we know who it is, but there's a theory that someone else who was being called in that car was a part of it. Are you going to play the car clip? I'm going to play part of it. Okay, cool. And so then Rome. But this is the key line in this whole thing to me. Roman says, this is really making me sick because he knows, you know, because how he feels about his dad. He never goes against his dad. But his next line is, and it's going to end horribly. And I, when I heard that, I go, oh, this, I was, when I, when I watched this the first time, I said, oh, they're going to get screwed. I, I said that on Twitter because this is how the show is. This is secession. Like, this is not going to end like triumphantly, like they take down the big bad Logan. Not right well, now. I, I just assumed that it was going to end badly, and like it, there would be a fallout that would t- that. I, I feel like that if this had gone, we don't know how it's going to go yet. We're not going to spoil it. But if this had gone a certain way, Lo- if this goes the way they wanted to go, then Logan will never speak to them, and they might die. I think I thought that's what he was really getting to of like the relationship, which is ultimately the love that he's been wanting so bad and working for it. That he's not going to get it. That's what's so bad. But you're right. They're all kind of Easter eggs and foreshadowing. Yeah, and he tried to do it. He tried to get slick with the... That's why they brought him in. He tried to, like, like maybe I could, like, do a quick, hey, daddy, like, I'm cool. And Chanel, you mentioned something about the, the conversation they had. What was the key thing that set off the, the failed coup the first time around? Do you remember? No, tell me. Homeboy was too busy drugging and partying and got up late and got stuck in traffic in the tunnel. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Perpetual Classic kid. Grew up. Classic. Like, that's well, why he's he an addict. Thing. That's that's all he had to do was show up on time. He shows up on time. They got the votes. It's over. Now they all staring in Logan's face and he can't. He's, talk, and he's, he's, he's cutting out every down. third. Yep. I'm coming. I'm coming up the stairs. I'm, coming, I'm tapping. I'm tapping my ID now. Don't do the vote. Do the vote. Yeah, like that nigga did like meth the night before a boardroom. Meth. He smoked meth. meth. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He got stuck in traffic because he was. Um, he got stuck in traffic because he went to see that uh, person in per. He went to go see one of the board members in person. Oh, yeah, he went to go see Sandy, right? Didn't he go see Sandy? He was going to take the helicopter back, but they had a no-fly zone. 
Right, because it's some it type of terrorist thing. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so. Yeah, and then that's why the street, the thing was backed up. But you're right. Like, I mean, he could have slept in the office at that point if if it was. Yeah. you know what I mean. If it was yeah, that serious, right? So then, uh, Roman calls Connor, and is mm-hmm. looping Connor in because Connor just went off about. But barely looping him in, you know what I mean? Because they definitely could have tried to grab Connor before they set off on their mission. That I will stand by that. Yeah, they could have scooped him up for the whole fan, like the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So yeah, they're like, that, nah, we leave Monterey Jack at home. Uh, Rome call, I mean, um, Ken is on the phone with a lawyer trying to figure something out. Just confirming that their take on it is that they're not wasting their time, yeah. And then we get this call with Tom and Shiv. Veto on the chain of consulate. That's from the divorce. So stop that and the deal collapses. He's impotent. We're going to force him out. Fuck. Okay. Uh-huh. Where do I fit in? Well, high up, Tom. I don't know. It, we'll figure it out, though. There's a lot going on. No, oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, but but, but uh, high? Once we do it right away, we're going to offer him a medical card. Secure the Imperial Guard. Tell him that he needs to take some rest. And... Source to us kids, we'll get ATN to confirm. Say, like, uh, founder Logan Roy Ailing. Uh, prayers to the big man, thinking of taking a step back. So we can cite you as sources, yeah? Yeah. We'll stand it up. Get ready, okay? Jesus. Okay. Good luck. Mm-hmm. He's it? Hey, Tommy. Hey, hey, hey. Say hello to someone who could be Logan's ex-wife's step-cousin-in-law and heir apparent to the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. Twelve times removed or some shit. And potential count of somewhere and legitimate claimant to the dormant throne of Italy. What, correct? Me and the Contessa. We're hitting it off. She's having an existential crisis about her personal branding, and I'm right in there to wheedle away. What about Comfrey? Yeah. Comfrey might be helping her refresh her personal branding. And I I don't actually think she's that into me. We're separate betting. It's a guilt-free switch up. Case closed. Slam it shut. The verdict is love, Your Honor. Greg, listen. What's up? So, things may be in motion. As in, is anyone going to jail? No. No. So, um, do you want to come with me? Sporus? Can I ask for a little more information? No. Don't think so. I might need you as my attack dog. Right. Like um, a Greg Weiler. <laughs> Tom's attack dog. Nice. I mean, I have Bright Star Buffalo in my hip pocket. I'm kind of a big deal. So. You fucked yourself before Congress, Greg. That, that's your opinion. I don't recall, Your Honor. I don't recall. You're a fucking joke, man. Who has ever looked after you and his fucking family? 
All right. It, well, in terms of where I could be getting to if I were to come with? You could be heading away from the endless middle and towards the bottom of the top. Bottom of the top? And could I get my own, my own, like... Your own, Greg? Yeah. You can have 20. Listen, I have, I have things to do. Um, do you want a deal with the devil? What am I going to do with a soul anyways? Souls are boring. <laughs> Boo, souls. <laughs> of course. Okay. All right. All right. That's such an amazing scene. <laughs> now, before we move on, I have one thing I want to send you that I sent to Wade. And I think given that speech, you guys would appreciate it. So I'll throw it in the, uh, the DM and then you let me know. Is it, if the, you can... is it the, the romantic Rom-com. comedy thing? Yes. Yeah, Plays to my, super to my heart will go on. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you another clip so we can share YouTube's later but I, I I realized I was on mute when I was saying wow like and it took so many people to teach me to pick up all the subtext subtext in that scene like there's so much I didn't even know what this nigga meant by deal with the devil you know what I'm saying like now I'm mm-hmm. looking at it like wow what wow. do I need a soul <laughs> for anyway it's such a great line you Remember got 20 grades. This is Mr. This is Mr. I do like Hamilton. Like Tom has just been shaping him. And it's interesting because we were we've also debated, Rich, like who's the worst? Like, is Greg the worst because he's asking for this life? Is Tom the worst because he's fighting for this life? Like who like are the kids the worst because they won't opt out? And so it's just ugh, so such a good show. I, I mean, think about the fact that his parents were so proud of that they paid for the what, what, what was the thing at the wedding that they paid for? Like the one thing they kept talking about, yeah, yeah we paid. Yeah. So like he comes from, he's not a man of means. Like mm-hmm. this is for him, his way in. For Greg, he had the inheritance. He could have just stayed with granddad. He really could But he too. wanted to, he really just, mm. But he, granddad he, he, wasn't he, giving him anything. So he was broke. Remember when we first met him, he was wearing that stupid costume trying to yeah, get he in was the working. management program. With a terrible Subaru or whatever he was driving. Like, he was broke. But all, but he's broker now because all he had to do was just sit there and figure his life out. And he would have, when his when his granddad died, he would have got, he would have been, bag would have been secured. Mm-hmm. He's definitely his bag is now, now. a green piece. He's, yeah, he's uh, maximum bag. Well, drop, he, he's but. also, he's also working more hours, making less than he would have. Like, he's just, it's all bad. But that's why this deal was, was, inevitable for him um but i think that just you know going back to that scene where in a couple episodes ago when tom found out like that that scene in itself is is why uh matthew mcfaden deserves all the things but when he went into this thing and told him hey we're not going to jail and he told him like i would happily make you my eunuch and marry you and that comes back around here like 
I love this idea that, yeah, we've picked up on the tension. Maybe the writer's room was like, oh, these characters are funny together. But for them to actually say like, hey, like none of these women are ever actually going to do fulfill us. We're not like, we're not Roy's by blood for real. Like, well, I guess Greg technically, but you know what I mean? And he's like, you know, we have to do what we have to do. So that scene of who the fuck in this family has ever looked out for you or whatever he said, that's that's a very real moment of of like, do do you want my type of abuse or their type of abuse? Yep. Yeah, their type of abuse was born on the floor. He don't want that. Oh my God, born on the floor. See, that's what I'm talking about. This show is so dark and deep. There's some. There's things I've repressed, basically. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, then we get to the final scene, and Chanel wanted to talk about this in more detail. So we're gonna stop and talk about it in different parts because this this scene was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you when I want to pause it. Okay. Yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> Hey, Carl. Hi. Gentlemen. Hey. That music. Hey. Hello. Hello. What's all this? Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey, Carl. Hi. Uh, we're just feeling a little out of the loop, Dad. Oh, of course. Things have moved very fast. Come in, come in, come in. Um, yeah, we might be wrong, but we're... Uh, we're hearing rumors about Gojo. Yeah, that uh, we might be the target now. Is that right, Dad? Okay, I've been looking at some options. Right, we might be affected, our positions, so we wanted to get some clarity. Absolutely. But okay, pause real quick. In here giving me the fucking doggy evils. Okay, so I just want to, I want to break it down. So when they come in, we already saw that Roman was like, let's not be too aggressive. And, and the reason is he wants to give dad the benefit of the doubt. He's like, things mm-hmm. are better. I've been working with him. It shouldn't be this bad. And so if you notice, like, like Logan's trying to play it cool, but he's like, wait, what? Why the three? Wait, what? Like the three of y'all is together. So he's our, so what I just wanted to show was, and I guess you can intuitively pause it. I want you, I want to pause every time Logan tries to separate them to break them down by, you know what I mean? Like he's going to do, she's going to try to physically separate them emotionally, mentally. Like he's going to fuck with them to try to break this little pact. And that is the part that is so like that, that shit is bone chilling to me. So, and the first thing he says is send him out. I don't want him. I don't want him here. And it's like, my my man, he's clearly involved <laughs> if they came in with him, but. And I like, to your point, Chanel, and it goes back to my running joke with my man, uh, Breathless. Logan might be the person you want to play spades with because he had uh, the big joke of the whole time. Like he did all that space mm-hmm. and he did all that breakup. And then he's just like, you're all idiots. Mm-hmm. And that's this is saying, why. This is a sport to him. And that's what's so sick about it. Mm-hmm. Can you take him out, Romulus? I'll fill in your sister and give you the angles. I don't trust him. Roman, you can tell us together, Dad. I thought we had this figured out. Yeah, it just might be better, you know, if we all hear. Okay, so the market capitalizations of our firms have been on the move. Ours is a declining business, there's a wave of consolidations happening that mean this is the optimal moment, in my opinion, uh, to make a deal 
with a serious tech operation by Gojo. And that's what I've been exploring. Okay? Okay, so I would say, uh, on behalf of all of us, uh, can you ease up and let us in, stop this, until we see exactly how we're impacted? No, it has to be now. Why? Because I feel it in my bones. Oh, okay, pause. Oh, arguing with that, huh? End of the day, that's... Okay. <laughs> Brandon, as you pointed out, whose fucking idea was this deal in the first place? Gandalf. Back in season one. Mm-hmm. So for this nigga to take it and steal it and be like, oh, it has to happen now. It's so, it's sickening. Kendall Ben wanted to buy Gojo. It's sick. Well, Kendall Ben wanted to be the tech guy. Remember, that was his whole idea to begin with. We are fat. We are lazy. We have to evolve. Bit, bat, boop, boop, boop. And he tried to buy the first uh, company with the Asian gentleman that he was like, I will make you so much money that you will vomit gold mm-hmm. and love me for it. Yep, Walter. It, it's also the way that he explains it back to them as if they didn't together, the three of them in different ways, construct this deal in the first place. Or it's as if like Kendall didn't literally, I don't even know if it was in... Um, uh, Matson's idea before, but Kendall also told him to buy the company. Like Kendall set this ball rolling in so many ways as well at that party. So I just think that, like it again, this is why it's so sick because he he tries to get Romulus first because he's like, okay, you're the weakest link. And when you think back to it, just an episode ago, Roman was literally, literally acting as a bodyguard between him and Kendall. So he tries to get him as a weakest link. That doesn't work. So he tries to, you know business talk them into it and i think that shiv is still trying to keep it cool she's like hey reasonably speaking can we see how we're impacted and the fact that he's like he literally gives no fucks because he's literally like no you can't see how it's impact i don't care how it impacts you oh he also got really slick with shiv when he said that did you catch that chanel because he says roman Get this guy out of here. Yeah. I'll catch your sister up to speed and mm-hmm. I'll get you later. So that way he's pulling her in too. So it's like, oh, daddy's going to give yeah. me the information and let, because exactly. he knows she wants to lord it over the two of them. Think or, about and, back when they had the thing on the plane where it was like, oh, what are you hearing? It's like, what do you mean? I just went to, you just, I just went to the bathroom. It's like, oh, okay. You didn't go talk, call Tom in the bathroom. Like yeah. that, all of those games they've been playing with each other. He knows. Yeah, he know, he know, oh, he absolutely knows. But I, I'm also curious. My question is, if they had left, what do you think he would have told Shiv? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> but made it. But then she would have to play it off like she heard something because she loses standing if she didn't hear anything when it was just her by herself with her dad. Fair. Okay. So then the other question is, if they hadn't gotten wind of this, how would he have broken the news to them? Do you think he wouldn't have? They just would have found out. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No arguing with that, huh? End of the day, that's all I've fucking got. Well, you know that's bullshit. Look, this is the best moment to sell. If I don't do the best deal at any given point, what's the point of anything? I don't get out, I leave five billion on the table. Come on, Dad, what are you going to do with the five bill? Huh? Put it on your pile with all your other fucking bill? Mm Mm-hmm, probably, yeah. When I heard that, straight up I G, straight up. That was the Chanel line right there. That was so great. <laughs> yeah, probably. Wait, what part? Oh, <laughs> I, I'm like filling my other bills. Pile of Bill is also a great podcast name because he literally. Is, this nigga said he's 
the show is called Succession, which is basically defined as like the the order of leadership, like and people being groomed and trained. But he says no. The point of all of this is that I get out at the right time. What? Why else would I have done this for the last sixty years? And they're like, we're the reason why you would be like what he's like. No, 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 no. If I don't go out as a legend who led this thing and then knew when to jump ship, then it, then why did I even do this? And ugh, sickening. So Rich, sickening. tell me this is not Vince McMahon. <laughs> Buttering. I've been doing this for years. H. This is like, yeah, Triple H. and Steph only to sell to Disney or someone at the last minute. They, get, they don't own nothing. Listen, when The Rock had that thing on Instagram this week talking about how he grew up in Hawaii with his family and uh, when his family's uh, wrestling promotion was going on, uh, people didn't realize that Nanachka Khan, who created Fresh on the Boat, Young Rock, and the, all these other TV properties, and her brother Nick Khan were there and friends of the family. My buddy over at the torch, Alan Cunahan, over in Ireland, made the joke that this has been a 25-year-long con between him and the cons to get back at Triple H for having <laughs> Shawn Michaels and them mess him up when he was a rookie in WWE. He's like, oh, we got him now. He's like, how you like that? Oh, it'd be a shame if somebody took your little promotion and just uh, burned it to the ground. Yes. All right, let's keep it going. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do? Make your own fucking pile. Bruh. I know this is a readjustment, but our blood's in the water and I need to make moves fast in order to control the situation and get myself and you assurances for the future. Dad, once Matson is calling the shots, we're fucked. No, nah, he rates you. And this is an opportunity for you kids to get an education in real life. With you at the top, we can take over, but without you, we're fucked. Come on, Roland. Uh, let's get away from these fucking Jacobins. I've got you. Come on, let's discuss. Okay, Dad, I, I know what he said. Jacobins. But um, really, with Madsen calling the shots, we're, we're strung up in the town square. No. He rates you. You have my word. This okay. is Okay. I there's two parts of this because just now we just saw like Roman literally physically struggling to stand up for himself like physically is having trouble saying it and I think that just Kieran is is um, like you would think this is the only this is who this man is in real life and this dynamic is so real so that's the first thing I wanted to comment on is just like the, that moment right there of him saying he's applying pressure now twice and he's still standing. Like I was literally cheering for Roman. This is one of the best Kieran Culkin acting scenes I've ever seen him do. Cause you don't really get to see him do right. Like emotion that often mm-hmm. there's a lot of jokes in all of his roles, but this was mm-hmm. like, just like the pain of betrayal. Like he's seeing his father, this person that who he just like adores for all the bad that he knows he mm-hmm. is just and who he's been buddying up to and doing everything he wanted the last few months, just getting screwed out of it. He can just mm-hmm. see it just like just getting squeezed away. And it's just the pain in his face is amazing. 
Yeah. Look at his back. Look how much mm. he stooped. Like even where you paused yeah. it, he is physically feeling the weight of his dad. Just like all of what he thought was the love is now being turned into descent stain and just absolute uh, rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. I, and then also just the way, the method, the, oh, I'm going to talk shit to you. But then, like you said, when he comes to Shiv, the approach is different. And when he talks to Kendall, the approach is like, I don't even see you. I'm ignoring you. So the fact that this man is playing ch- chess with all three of his kids is is a, is a really twisted approach to parent your kids according to how, who they are. <laughs> like, it's like a very twisted way of of personalizing mm-hmm. his parenting skills based on their their weaknesses, really. And I, I, Chanel, I didn't know. Again, I'm, I'm just putting it out there for when y'all finally do this new show. <laughs> You want to explore the fact that he has already tested and found lacking his grandkids. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you mean um, you mean uh, Kendall? All kids? three of them. Like he because again, he has, mm-hmm. he spends no time with his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. The one grandson with autism, he completely sees as a failure of a human being, and then now mm-hmm. he finds out that the quote unquote normal grandson is reading at a level that's behind him. One of the kids is brown. He don't even talk. Look at her. Nope. So, oh, that's a double bonus for him. Yeah. Brown and pe- like, uh-uh. I, Which okay. made me so happy to see the pictures from the season finale where he's like the smiling, like Santa Claus with them on their lap. Mm-hmm. Because I was oh, like, yeah. Brian Cox, you got to break character. Like you can't destroy these kids. Yeah. Cause like, they'll be like, They'll be like, I don't know why he hated me. Um, I would add to the first part of this segment um, was them saying like, we are, we don't, he's saying assurances, which is so vague. Um, and that's one thing that is really intriguing about this, this show to me is the double speak and then not actually saying anything, but saying everything. And that happens in corporate. And that was one of the pitfalls for me in corporate was the, the lack of sh- like com- transparent communication. So anyway, um, I just think that like, him saying oh don't you worry about it but then flipping and saying go get, do your own thing is that one that's not the same thing as assurances and two these kids might have had their own lives if you didn't twist them into thinking that they needed to be under your wing but also be trying to encourage them to to read between the lines and try to stab you in the back at the same time like you created this monster they could have all done their own thing you pulled Siobhan out of politics you know what I'm saying like you you've, you've uh, what's his uh, name Okay. No, that's not what happened. Siobhan got offered the chief of staff job from that dude, the Bernie Sanders. Fake Bernie Bernie Sanders Sanders allegory. Mm -hmm. And then then she went and met with her dad in the Hamptons. And he talked about, he found out about it. Because remember, he knew that she was working with him. And he didn't want his daughter working with the dude trying to take him down. So what he did was... They went to the Hamptons and he offered her the succession, knowing he was never going to give it to her. Oh, yeah. And then she had to make a choice between taking this chief of staff job. And then she basically said, That's power, but this is real power. And she and then she screwed them over and left. She made that choice. He played her. But they all are making the choice. I'm just saying that. You know, there's also the option he has as a wise father to say, wishing you the best. 
you know, please, like, you know, let's just not talk about politics at dinner. I want you to have a career. Like, so all I'm saying is that they all could have done their own thing from the beginning if he actually wanted them to. But there's something to be said about, yeah, like he, this is a setup, really, a setup for failure. That's all. Yeah, you're, you're right. All right, here we go. Adversity, like me. You can trust me. You can't trust him. Um, we're here to say, the three of us, to ask and to say, do not do this, please. And what if I decide I can't listen to you? We can stop you. And we will stop you. Blow this up. You need our vote for a change of control. Yeah. You need all of us. You need a supermajority, and we can kill it. And we will. You're playing toy fucking soldiers. Go on. Fuck off. I have you beat, you morons. Well... No, because you need a supermajority. Oh, well, no, goes. because I need a supermajority. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Is she still on? It's all done. Okay, wait, pause real quick. Fam, okay. <laughs> First of all, the generational trauma in this scene. Okay. He just mocked his daughter who really, but Siobhan just gave, like, I don't want her to get overshadowed because of how hateable her character is. She just, in that moment, she's like six-year-old shift to me. Like, it's like, it came out like that, feel, that desperation that underlies mm-hmm. all girl bosses, basically, like being like, please, like that pleading, that felt very real. And something that's fucking, and, and then also just, again, kudos to Roman for saying his piece, as painful as it was, as she was shaking. But something that fucked me up on Twitter was people were saying, Kendall's in on this. And I don't think that's true, but I'm looking at him and his face is slightly different than all of their faces. And I just wanted to know if I'm crazy. I think Kendall's too broken to be in on it. Okay. Like Kendall going into season two when he was like dad's, like broken lackey could have been in on it, but this version that like I I don't I don't see him as like he's gone too far. He's crossed the Rubicon again. Now I'm gonna go into the Tom speak. And he he's gone too far. But the whole the part of me, Chanel and Brandon, when he says is she on? Oh. I, my question to y'all is has this phone been on speakerphone the whole time so she could listen in? Oh, no. They said that she hung up, and then he says, can you get her back? That comes on next. Okay. What, okay. What, when he says she's still on, when I tell you the way my my butt cheeks clenched, and I said, oh, my God. I, I sat up. I, 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 I wanted to vomit. Like, this turn is just... I, it's, this is painful. Yeah, this is bad. Okay, here we go. Dad, what is this? Hello. Uh, yeah. Caroline. 
You're on with Roman, Kendall, and Siobhan. Hi, Mom. Mom? All right. Well, I don't necessarily want to do any more tonight, Linda. Your mother and I have been reviewing the terms of the divorce agreement. Mom, you fucked us. And we've agreed that the arrangements were a little antiquated. Oh, fuck. Mom, he got to you. Oh, seriously, Mom, already? The fuck did you... I can't get into it, all right? I, I think everything will be fine. Red Tenement's dealing with it all. Mom, you just slid our throats. Please don't be angry. I think this is for the best. Peter's so excited. Oh, is he? Peter's excited. Great. I'm not sure it's been good for you all. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you all. Bye. Oh, I just walked in on mom and dad fucking us. Thank you, <clears throat> Dad. Please. Please? Please. The seat sniffer gets a fucking leg up. That's a deal. What have you got in your fucking hand? What have I got? I don't know, fucking love? You come for me with love. You bust them here, guns in hand, and now you find they've turned to fucking sausages. You talk about love? You should have trusted me. Fair. That why? Why? Because it works. I fucking win. Oh, go on, go on, fuck off, you nosy fucking pedestrians. Wait, wait, pause. <clears throat> hey. <laughs> okay, I have anxiety right now. Him saying, Dad, please, and him saying, is just that's devastating. We don't have to ask what's wrong with Roman, bro. Well, there's a lot wrong with Roman. But I'm saying like we don't have to we don't have to search that far to find what the root cause oh, yeah. is. We know. I mean their their parents are horrible. And can, what did he so is is it purely it's just money then, huh? For Caroline. Like is that her only no it, is she it, was doing No, it's her husband gets her hooked husband. up too. Yeah. He right, but I'm saying special. ultimately he gets hooked up though with my. So I'm saying like, is this? No, no, no. Remember, he wanted to be in with Waystar, like he like at the wedding he was gushing about Logan, and so his end is you do this to the kids, and he gets a he gets to be in whatever the executive thing is that Ro- that Logan's gonna keep. Mm, yeah, okay. And then he gets like, and then I think Ro- Logan gets like some type of deal with like the people. I think he says something like the government or something over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because deal like, or something. Yeah, think about like what happened in real life with Murdoch when they sold Fox to Disney. He still kept Fox News, mm-hmm. and so like that would be what he's doing. Like he's going to keep whatever it is, probably ATN, and probably keep Tom at the top. And now new Tom is going to be slipped in there too as another person that he's got either in one of the side ancillary businesses that he's going to keep, or they're going to let him stay in Waystar and be. You know, just some mid-management guy, but that's enough for him because clearly he's enamored with Logan Roy 
And in exchange, yeah, you walk in on your parents screwing you, which is such a turn of phrase, like every every time, every time. Amazing. And this uh, also yeah. shows, this also goes to my thing where, you know, these they, these kids are in, they're in over their head. Like they're not ready to play this game. They're just not. And and part of it is because they're kids and they're looking at their father thinking he's going to mm-hmm. be their father. But he's basically like, if you remember the one time Logan smiled and was proud of his kid was when Kendall turned on him when he did not see it coming. Absolutely. And, yep. and they showed Logan and he, he had like this smile of approval. Like finally someone's knows how to play the game. And then Kendall bum, bumbles it. He just completely yep. messes it up. And his whole thing is like these, none of y'all are capable of being me. Y'all can't be me. And so my only option is to sell. And that's what happened. But he's just horrible with it. And so then we get this ending. Yeah, it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy is all. Mr. Roy, Mr. Roy, hold on a second. I need you to... Who the fuck told him? Who told him we were coming? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. He's not well. You can help us, right? You can help us stop him. Well, I'm focused on whatever outcome best serves the financial interests of the shareholders of the company. But it doesn't serve my interests. How does it serve my interests? Later. look at the end man it's so great i mean a master class i so the way this nigga came in like hey shiv this too much one mm-hmm. um two i mean i the ending just slapped me in the face i was like wow i cannot believe this is where we're at and then so obviously it is tom who who did this and i want to get into why but the other the other theory was that it was connor that i saw online because he was tired of not being included but that doesn't really I, that is a good theory but it's i think they made it pretty clear it was tom and then for jerry what's so crazy about jerry is yeah roman put her in that situation but roman also was the one who said when he was floating around stuff he said Dad, if you don't think I'm ready, make Jerry CEO. So, like, Roman has been in her corner. So, for her to say this doesn't suit my interest is crazy because it's like, what have they been doing on the side to make sure they're a part of this new organization? And it just shows how, like, these kids just never were going to be able to win. I think Roman would have won with Jerry, but with the picture Mm -hmm. last week and 
then she never did. De- he never defended her against Shiv when Shiv cornered her. And clearly now I don't know they're if all he, together. If you knew about that. Do you think but, he knew about? I think he did because they're all de- like he. The, the thing for uh, maybe he didn't, but to her, they've chosen each other over everyone. So why should I choose you? Like at this point for her, Jerry's just like, look, my job's my job. It's always been my job. I tried to help you to make the best decisions while keeping my job. And if y'all are like going to go to please and daddy, like, I can't, I can't work with this. Mm-hmm. And. But I'm just, it um, just seemed like Jerry may or may not even have had a, that board seat. That's just what I'm confused about. So, it, so I'm saying well, like. Jerry's it, the general counsel. So she's probably mm, just like. Already. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm keeping my job. Guys have, yeah. <laughs> the three of them, a uh, homeboy who was doing the world's longest vamp at the, the business meeting and. Uh, uh, I can never remember the guy who got fired and then got, I can't Frank. remember, got fired. And got, yeah, Frank. Like, all of them have Frank's always been right fixtures. There. Yeah, they always have been fixtures that the kids made fun of. It mm-hmm. only got real. Remember, think, go back to season one, even mid-season two. It only got real for him when he realized that Jerry had a little pep to her step with the phone calls and is a smart woman that's kind of been sidelined by by Logan. And then Shiv, that you mentioned the Tom thing. The best thing for me is going back to that Nero analogy. You mentioned earlier when he tried to touch her stomach and she slapped him away. She's crying and holding onto her stomach because in you know history, Nero killed his wife and she was pregnant at the time. Um, and now he's like, it's okay. And it's uh, that shot before the shot where you don't get the entire profile of Tom's face, but you just get the hands. That is the definitive devil on your shoulder image. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's wearing yes. white. He's wearing white. <laughs> like it is just, he, Oh, Tom is feeling it. Like he's hitting threes from the logo. Like, why is Tom even there? Like, exactly. Why is he there? Like, that's what Shiv's face was. When she saw Tom roll up and Logan pat him on the shoulder, she's like, Oh God, why? Like, I think she, like Shiv knows. Well, like, they, well, yeah, they also added in her literally asking out loud who tipped him off. And then we get the answer immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wanted her to know it was him. Mm-hmm. Just the way where it's like, I love you. Ah, kid, I don't love you, but I do love you, but I don't. Shiv made that bed and she well, has to sleep. She did. Yeah. And we talked earlier this season, Brandon and I, about me. I, I, my theory was that the only way she would ever respect him is if he fucked her over. But I thought it might have been in the form of him um, reporting on Logan in the thing that Kendall asked for. I had no idea mm-hmm. it would be in this manner of like self serving. So I think that's what's so. Um, What's so deep about this this turn? What did Tom well, say to Kendall she- earlier this season? He says, "I've seen you get fucked over all the time, and I've never seen it happen to Logan not once, <laughs> not once." And at that point, I knew if Tom turns, it's not going to be with Kendall. It's going to be for Logan for something. I mean, he was ready to die, like. Remember, uh, you know, Kendall had the sign for his birthday ready to die, but my man was ch- checking out the Supermax. He's like, you know, they on yes. Tuesdays they have lasagna. Yes. Like, no, I, like, dude, I was love, ready. I love how much Brandon. You were right about a lot of things. I will give you that. Not, not that, not everything. You were definitely right about them teaming up because I didn't see that happen at all. Well, Tom needed to do it 
because like Chanel mentioned, like, you know, if, if he, if he, uh, Shiv needed him to screw her over maybe her dad in order to do it. But remember his wedding night, she's like, I think this needs to be an open relationship. Yeah, that was <laughs> like from the start, like from <laughs> jump street, so she's dark, been punching man. this dude in the throat. And finally he's like, let me just come in here and show y'all how it's done. The Wabagans supremacy is, is nigh. And you now put- he's think about it this way. Tom does this because this guarantees that Shiv needs to have a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got listen. This is all oh, her. Do you people, think they people. stay together? He's yes. yes. He wants a baby. My man, all that he wants is another baby. He's gone tomorrow. That's all he wants right now. They are I'm saying, do the you game. think Shiv so you think Shiv's gonna play the game enough to stay in this marriage? They have to. She has no other choice. She can't take a loss. It's genetic. Yeah. She cannot take the loss publicly divorcing him because guess what? She's going to be the one that's cut out of the company. Because mm-hmm. after the sale, there's no, there's no, he'll be, the, remember, he's got the profile now. He's the one in the scent. She's going to look like the failed daughter. And he's the guy who made good on his own, quote unquote. Remember in the Kendall's party? It said in that future room, Tom Wamsgan's wife <laughs> didn't even mm. have a name. Mm. Like, this show is amazing with this stuff, man. It's it's amazing with these things. It shows the power of planning as well, because I think once you know what, how you're going to fuck them up, you just start sprinkling them things in as you write. You work backwards. Yep. So that was the finale. Amazing. Amazing, amazing season. Like, this was one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Like, it's up there with, like, the best seasons of Game of Thrones. Like, it's it's one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Like, and people were like, you know, you get the killing of the kid in the first season finale, then you get the big press conference in the second season finale, like these big things. But this this one they layered throughout the entire show. It wasn't like the big surprise at the end that you didn't see coming. They layered this throughout the entire last episode, and it still hit me more than either of those two things hit me uh, in that last scene. So just just bravo. Um, well, yeah, because I don't think this was necessarily just a season finale. This was an arc finale. Like this wrapped up shit from all three years. Yep. Yeah, I said this could have been a series. Like if they wanted to end it here and just leave us in the in the in the uh, in the gray, and we have to imagine what happens next. I could have taken if this was a play. This is the the, the curtain comes down and you, it's over, and you're like, wow, and you're broken. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're, you're broken. That's exactly what it is. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Rich, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Well, first, I want to thank both of y'all for having me on here because this was fun and I absolutely loved it. And I really hope y'all do Curb and the different themes of this series. And so y'all can find me on Twitter at Rich underscore fan F-A-N-N. I write um, a columnist for the Pro Wrestling Torch, uh, one of the leading uh journals for professional wrestling i'm proud to say i've been doing that for the last couple of years uh anything you look anywhere you find uh brandon and his fine shows you can find the torch just search pw torch and uh, most of the time i do the deep dive which is a free weekly show but if you go vip uh you can also listen to my everything with rich and wade where i'm myself and editor publisher wade keller talk about pro wrestling succession uh and and more so uh Thanks for that, and thanks for the time. 
No, love love having you, Rich. Great time. Chanel is going to get me to say yes, so I'm not going to be able to say no to her much longer uh, on on Curve. She's going to get me. Yeah, I think it's a moot point because we need to go back to seasons one and two, and we need to just check in because the people need more Larry David as much as possible. See, she's going to get me, and I can't deny it. She's right. Uh, so, yeah, if you're listening to this on the Why So Serious feed, uh, my our, all of our Twitters and stuff will be in the show notes. But check out our podcast. I'll link it to it whenever we get a name for it. Um, yeah. Because it's coming soon. So we got stuff coming up. I know Chanel wants to talk about landscapers, maybe. Maybe. I'm kind of off of it. Okay, but maybe Yellow Jackets. Maybe Yellow Jackets. Maybe Yellow Jackets. Definitely Peacemaker. So, yeah. So, you know. and- um, side note, Brandon, thank you for doing this with me. This has been so fun, even though we only did three episodes. I'm like, yeah, I know we should have started in the beginning. That's my no, fault. but let's do no, no, no. This was perfect because I wouldn't have been able to, I would have been so distracted. So, anyway, I'm excited that we're gonna keep going. Yeah, so you know, we'll keep going and we'll uh talk to y'all soon with our next show. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.